following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. something for that guy that's been in rehab for too long either yeah. way nice to be back and yeah. i feel like i've been on three different podcasts this week that shows how little i have going on congratulations on kicking your habit and also hello it's everyone's favorite black clover defender cj and because we are talking fully coolie we have brought back it's carl olson aka ultra Clastron, aka that guy who writes too much about the anime even though he doesn't hasn't done so professionally for like years <laughs> no but he gives such great insight didn't you get some stuff like on the back of boxes uh, yeah no i i got shit licensed basically because i wrote oh, a, yeah because like i mean yeah i got uh, i got quoted on the back of spiral volume five but um princess Definitely Jellyfish, the high point I, of your career <laughs> No, because no, the high point of it was watching Princess Jellyfish on Funimation's streaming service, really liking it. So I wrote it up, just kind of cold write up for Toonzone. We weren't asked to do anything about it. And I'm like, this is great. This is the kind of show that people should be probably growing into as anime fans. Why isn't this on disc? And Funimation turns around and throws the review up on their Facebook and like, is this guy right? Should we do discs for this? And of course, the Facebook's like, yes, he is right. And by SakuraCon the following year, they had not just released it on disc. They were doing panels where you were uh, shown how to make the little jellyfish plushie from the show. Um, so it's like they, they didn't just launch it. They really went all in on it. And it did. Uh, I heard from Lance, uh, who was still with Funimation at the time, that it did actually very well for them. So uh, if you're out there and there's a show that is unpublished uh, that you think should be published, write about it. And see, you may you may get it licensed. You may you you know like the fans can contribute positively to uh, the community and not just bitch when it's like this character isn't sexy or cool enough. Oh no! <laughs> My write up about Bleach Hellverse got a lot of sales for it. No, it's like it's like it's it's like reviews do drive sales and do drive decisions. I so do it is it is worth some, the time. Uh princess jellyfish so on behalf of all the fans of that thank you you're welcome <laughs> the thank only thing i don't like <laughs> is that that blu-ray for it has been out of print for quite some time yeah they kind of like it did well enough to do the run but i i think it's also there's a lot of stuff that they like licensed for streaming that i think ultimately then to do a disc stuff is like like i mean does anybody do they still is Tommy Galaxy still streaming only, or are they finally do a physical for that? It, yeah, it's, it's still, still streaming, streaming only. Though they did mention it in a recent thread of quote unquote neglected anime they were doing on their Twitter. Yeah, well, maybe you know. And they did say something along the lines of "Sorry, guys, still no uh, 
physical plans at the moment, but I mean the fact that they even acknowledged it. Yeah, people they should pro- probably have to be taking uh, questions make some about noise. That. Make yeah. some noise. Also, they buy my game about that on the. Yeah, buy that. Um, yeah. And that took forever to get mine gate out on a physical. I remember watching that through means at a, at a, at a community college anime club screening, which <laughs> nobody, nobody there was prepared for that. Nobody was like, we just told people, like a friend of mine was the one running the screenings at the time, and he just told people, it's like, the Matrix guys love this. And then people are like, oh. And then they're like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> so good. And then you remember that the Matrix folks... Um... Have interesting taste. <laughs> this was before like revolutions, so people were like, I don't I don't know if it's gonna be that weird. Now it's like, you know, Sense 8, they're like, Oh yeah, like they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Should, should oh, be. just a note, I definitely yeah, overpaid to make sure I actually got a Blu-ray set of Princess Jellyfish, you know, like third hand from somebody that was actually selling it for not like five hundred dollars. Well, I think even That's though we eventually got a screener copy of that, when it had a physical, I went out and bought it instead of uh, asking for the screener. I think somebody else grabbed the screener. That's good. So you support the shows that you because you that I get licensed shit. Yeah. I would definitely pay for this. It's like so we released it. I'm just gonna grab the free one from work now. The real plan was revealed. I think at like, some point, Right Stuff sent me a keychain of the octopus whose name escapes me. Or jellyfish. Yes. You're right. Clara. Yes. No, don't confuse octopuses with jellyfishes and don't confuse them with squids either. Nope. Nope. This Saturday is going to be a rough one. I can eat any of them. It's all good. <laughs> all food. Right. Yeah. Well, CJ and I just got back from... Just got back. It's been a week. Yeah. <laughs> we Last week, we got... We we participated in Beat Up SketchCon 2018. Which I did not believe until I actually spent the time with Sketch. And realized that uh, it's just a series of unfortunate events whenever I try to attend Anime Expo. Half the time. Self-inflicted half the time. Yeah, it... Yeah. Well, I will, I'll blame Sketch for the weather. To be yeah. fair, like it's like it's literally his fault that it was like eighty hundred degrees. Like I was oh I was God. up here in Canada oh, looking man. at like everybody's Twitter from AX and like, oh my God, it's gonna be hundred and ten degrees, and I'm like, <laughs> it's only seventy here. Well, I'm laughing at all y'all because it was so hot. Yeah, it was bad. It was, and then CJ's all like, no, we don't need to catch a lift. We'll just walk. In this blazing sun, to the uh, the place where we're staying, it's only about a fine. mile and a half. I was <laughs> fine. Yeah, you were fine because <laughs> I was like wearing a okay. It was cold yeah. when I left the uh, when I left Seattle at the airport. It was cold in the morning. It was like six a.m. So I was wearing too much clothes. For this weather, for sure. I had, like, a really light jacket, but that tends to stick to me if it's too hot, so I was wearing a really light sweatshirt underneath it, like a hoodie, and it it made the the flaring ride a bit more comfortable. It was certainly still cramped, but, I mean, 
I was reasonably comfortable. But then I get to California, Los Angeles is like hotter than it has been in quite some time, and my gosh, made I'm a huge like mistake. Burning up. I gotta go to the convention. I gotta go get my you know badge and stuff. I gotta go through their bag checks because there's bag checks now. Remember when uh, ex- uh, anime conventions didn't have bag checks? And then I had to go to check my bag because I didn't want to drag that thing around the convention like I did back in 2016 when my <laughs> hotel was Canceled. there was water damage at my hotel in a drought. Yeah. What are the odds? Well, yeah. look, that could have just been that they had a sewer pipe flood. Yeah. In which case, you probably didn't want to stay in that hotel. Oh, gosh, no. It was also in a really bad, bad part of town. Like, the Uber driver that took me there was like, are you sure you want to stay here? This is a bad part of town. I'm like, well, <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to stay. It was a package deal with my flight and stuff. And then they're like, no, you can't stay here. <laughs> well... Good thing the driver didn't leave already, because he even said, if I leave, there won't be another Uber in this area to take you anywhere. I was like, oh. And and speaking of Uber, Sketch got his stolen. Yeah, uh, like on, what was that? That was Saturday. Saturday? I think it was was Saturday. I think it was was Saturday. No, 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 it was Saturday, because I already walked... Or no, you're right. It was Sunday because that was the day where I walked. No, it was Saturday because I walked before uh, you uh, called the uh, Uber. Because Sunday we shared one because we were going to be. Oh, right. It was Saturday. Saturday was when Josh Keaton was going to be. Yep. 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 Yeah. So he goes off a little little earlier and I'm like, "Mm, sleep or go see Josh Keaton pay $20 for an autograph. Uh, I think I'll sleep. I still wanted that autograph, though. I brought my Spider-Man sets for it, my spectacular Spider-Man sets, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Among the other things that I shouldn't have bothered packing because I didn't end <laughs> up needing them. <laughs> yep. So, I I call it Uber, and the previous day I didn't have any problems with Uber. And I'm using the app, and I select Uber, and I'm at a place where I feel like it'll be easy enough to get picked up because it's a bit of a crapshoot if you don't give them a good place to pick you up so i'm like across the street from a starbucks and it's easy enough to be seen but the uber which is clearly the right uber it's got the like the right make model right color and i I think i was even able to see the exact license plate and it picks up three other guys up the road and i'm like this is supposed to be just me not like a pool because you can do those so either those guys are also, somebody in that group is also named Andrew, or that driver just did not do their due diligence. They didn't do due diligence. And just picked up whoever. Thankfully, I was not, I was going to get charged for that because I canceled the Uber because hell, I'm going to pay for their ride. It's Could you I, imagine that conversation after Sketch canceled it? Like, Why did you I cancel really the hope, ride? You're in here. I really hope... I mean, I would have loved to hear that conversation because I'm like, uh, no, I'm not in the car. This ride is canceled. <laughs> so I sent a message to, because they were going to charge me the, the minimum $5 fee for the cancellation. And then they refund that. 
I don't know when I got it back, but it probably should have been within like two or three business days because you can send the money instantly, but you can't get it back instantly. That's just not how it works for anything. That's the world of commerce for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get rid of money. Get to get back, yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing <laughs> altogether. So yeah, somebody freaking took my Uber and that's, what the hell? <laughs> I just did. Hilarious. so wrong. I had fun at Anime Expo. I just I just called another one. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it's like, really? <laughs> that that just happens. All right. But you know, kind of on the flip side of that, uh some uh stealing of things occurred to our benefit when we went to the Fooly Cooly panel and I bumped into Allegra Clark who was just getting pictures taken with various people, so I'm getting my picture taken with her. And it's like, hey, I'm uh, sketch from Tsunami Faithful. Uh, would you be interested in an interview? She's like, I think we already have something scheduled, actually, at, at like, four. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> um... Maybe? <do> we? <laughs> Maybe, because earlier in the weekend, Paul has, like, set up things on the side. We, big thanks to Paul. He was very helpful in uh, coordinating some things behind the scenes with various actors because it's really hard to find people at Anime Expo. With time. Yeah. You can find them, but with time. Yeah. Congratulations, it's... Paul, you skank. Exactly. So I was like, oh, maybe Paul set this up. I messaged CJ, did Paul set this up? He's like, no, Paul Paul didn't even know. Okay. Uh, huh. Interesting. Well, all right. So it turns out that uh, Onion Cutty Flem of Toonami Squad had set up an interview with her for shortly after the Fooly Cooly panel. And we just kind of coattailed off of that one. <laughs> just it's like, hey, it. you want to talk to us too? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and Whatever. honestly, I'm glad that that happened because it is the best interview that we had. Honestly, one of the best moments for, at the convention, in my opinion. Oh, that wasn't mine, but that's fine. <laughs> Well, it was I mean, good. You it got to good. talk with Keith Silverstein about Overwatch for an extended period of time. Well, so. that isn't even my first either. <laughs> the, actually, oh, the Holy Holy panel itself was fantastic. That was fantastic. Was Mine was seeing my friend Lauren. That's That was my highlight. And I got to I meet not... Lauren. Yes, I did not think that would happen. Because with how busy things were with that, I did not think that would ever even happen. So it was just lucky. That's Lauren like Linda, lucky. by the way. The, uh, the actress of Annie in Attack on Titan. Yes, I was very, very pleased that I got to say hello, because I couldn't say hello to Erica, which I was very upset. Hopefully I will at Otakon. Which, which but Erica? Mendez. Okay. You know there's there's several. There's like eight. I just, I've, <laughs> I stopped keeping track. <laughs> it's just, they're all on Tunabi at one facet or another, so they're just, they're all there. Yeah, yeah, pretty They've much. taken over the anime dubbing business. All the Ericas and the Eric. Yes, but no, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really liked the Sailor Moon panel, which was freaking emotional and hilarious at the same time. Uh, Fooly Cooly was fun. Uh, the Attack on Titan thing was just gave me goosebumps. Uh... So, correct me if I'm wrong, but hmm. they did not show the dub. No, they did not. They, did not show they showed the dub. a dubbed trailer. Yeah, for... which was really a great trailer. I think it, it was, was more or less the, oh. the Japanese season three trailer dubbed. So yeah, it worked. Oh, so good. Sketch, however, got to see the, the dub premiere. I of the movie did. Theater. I did. I went to the theater because for one thing, 
I couldn't read those subtitles with how far away we were from really? the screen. It's weird. I was able to read them fine. I'm sorry. I Ugh. probably need to get my eyes checked. Okay. Guess who yeah, else no. managed to sneak out long enough to catch that in theaters as well? You. Yes. Yes. Duelist. Give me a gold star. Still a uh, any other panel that really blew me away? Well, the production IG one was great because more psychopaths, so I'm pumped about that. Yeah. Oh, man. I... I feel bad for not watching Be the Beginning yet, but like, <laughs> Maki's. I have this hat that's signed by the cast, and anybody who's wearing a Be the Beginning cosplay, you can have it. Nobody was wearing a Be the Beginning cosplay. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So Ray Maki Chase is like, great. you know, if somebody has like a scruffy beard and short hair and like a button down shirt, they're basically cosplaying my character. So a guy stands up. It's like, have you seen Be the Beginning? No. You look like him anyway. Here you go. Ma- Maki was great on both panels, honestly. She's hilarious. Yeah, she was it's absolutely understated. great. She's a very entertaining lady. It was, And it was great to talk with Gil. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. we got to have a, a quick kind of talk with stuff Super that we can quick. talk about, stuff we can't talk about. And it was really, really cool. Um, he, he seemed pretty drained, too. So, like, yeah. kudos oh, for him. We, do, we don't deserve... The, a man like him he's been absolutely phenomenal his answer uh, was somebody was like why make more fooly cooly yes I, and he's I, like, I thought we were beyond the why at this point i thought the healing process had begun <laughs> no we have people still asking about one piece the healing has never begun um, oh my god i need more fooly cooly dude after this next fooly cooly i want so more. more well good Same. news Conversations you can't talk about. So when is uh, Food Wars replacing Pop Team Epic? That's what I want to know. No, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I give kudos to Sketch, and I put this in the um, a recap article of Anime Expo. He even asked about Pop Team Epic, and you know, Gil is really kind of like laughing. He chuckled after he asked. He's like, you know, he, the first thing he says was like, you know, we want Tsunami to stay on the air, which means Sketch look at each other like, well, duh, I would hope so. They're like, <laughs> we have to venture out and do some things, uh, or pick up shows that you won't necessarily say it's toonami you know and then he was like but me and jason were watching the first couple episodes and we just couldn't stop laughing after every one so it was like wow that's that's cool to hear like so there you go it's not just kim manning they actually although although, didn't didn't he say that she really liked it too yeah yeah that's that's a that is a factual account well the thing is this pop team epic i think lands just a lot like there's a lot of fragmented comedy shows in anime Mm -hmm. very very few of them translate that well um and and can kind of land broadly whereas like pop team epic partially because it's got various styles partially just pacing and then the just having this the the gall to be like ah we'll just redo the second half with like different with different vas like yeah it works it works in a way that yeah, it's 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 a gimmick, but it somehow works, and and it's weird because it's like I don't think a lot separates necessarily Pop Team Epic from like Super Milk Chan, but the 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 degrees of separation there is the difference between like flopping immensely and actually like funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree with that. Though I still feel like maybe if I rewatch Super Milk Chan now, I would appreciate it more. I would hate it even more than I hate it now. Because, I mean, no, it's a, it's I don't think that's a show I would have got when I was 16. <laughs> I, I think the problem is, is like, it's like there's some of that stuff that, like, 
when you go back to it, just it's like hard. Like I, I really enjoyed Excel Saga when I was young. Oh, now yeah. I'm just like I can't. It's, it's like it just it's and it's really obnoxious. Well, the other thing is, it's like I feel that kind of meta humor has been refined. Like stuff like Pop Team Epic is a much more refined, clever version of that kind of like hyper referential stuff. And also that referential stuff is usually pretty of the moment like this there's the general like it's a gundam parody but now everybody does a gundam parody fucking like american shows do gundam parodies it's not speaking of which that that alone can't be why it's funny has anyone at all checked out uh space battleship tiramisu because honestly i think that'd be hilarious to throw on tsunami i've heard sorry but we ain't got no later fingers it's a pretty pretty ridiculous show they would have to like uh, bundle up multiple episodes of that to fit the runtime, because aren't they like seven minutes? I think that's the killer with a lot of comedies. I think it's yeah. a killer though with a lot of good, co- like there's a lot of funny shows, mm-hmm. a lot of funny anime that I think now didn't even used to get fan sub that we now get to see because Crunchyroll and and Funimation are such hor- hor- voracious vacuums of content. But yeah, a lot of those things are like five minute shows. So it's like, oh, there's 60 episodes. It's like, so there's 13 episodes worth of content for a TV run. You're like, uh, that's harder. It's a little harder to make yeah. work. And, you'd have and yet to I'm still surprised by certain anime that doesn't seem to get licensed by anyone for streaming. I think there's still some of this like, um, I kind of mentioned it because like, you know, like they're like uh, Jason was all like, you know, uh, had a, had a question where somebody was like, you know, how about ratings and this is like, don't worry about that. And like one piece was an exception because it's so expensive. And I'm like, one piece is an exception because it is like, it is, you know, like literally gold jewelry and star Wars in Japan. Pop- yeah. It's the yeah, biggest like, thing there. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, no, even star Wars doesn't have fucking like $300 gold chains and Nordstrom's. And that's yeah. like the equivalent <laughs> thing that happens at, with like one piece in Japan. Like it's just unreal. So it's like, there's, there is that, you know, and I think is that there's still some back expectation for some publishers. It's like this thing's super huge in Japan, so therefore it's very expensive to pick up internationally. It's all like if you want it to start internationally, you have to make it. You're, you're not starting from this guy's already so famous that like they host shows on your te- on on like live action television. Like yeah. that manga mm-hmm. is not that well known. You know, it's the same. Like that's the monster problem. It's like, yeah, Urasawa is a god in Japan, but he's just a dude here. So you have to charge equivalently for monster. You know, you can't be like, oh, we're gonna charge through the roof for it. You've got to build that audience from from zero, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I mean, like, I mean, One Piece's biggest problem is they made an entirely reasonable call that didn't actually pan out. Because the reasonable call is, is like, this is, is as huge as Pokemon in Japan. Therefore, it should be handled by the same people who handled Pokemon. In America, unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> that's actually a terrible decision to make in practice. Yes, because Pokemon was already safe enough for kids for the most part. With their jelly donuts and all. Yeah. Well, By the way, I'm like... not, not entirely sure if this is the, the time to bring this up, but I just wanted to get a general, a more general opinion here. Mm-hmm. Um... Would you guys say it would be dumb for Toonami to have paid for episodes of One Piece and then not aired them? Yeah. Um, if, 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 they, if, they, if they had already paid it out, unless it was like literally going to be like they would make more money just running something else and getting more ad money for it. Like there's a weird mathematical equation behind that. But if otherwise, 
it was going to just rinse, you, yeah, you should just play out what you've got. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I on at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. But there is, like, a weird thing where theoretically they might have actually, it might have, you know, the other thing is, is, like, it depends on whether it's fully paid in advance or whether there's, like, oh, and then, you know, like, those those TV deals can be a lot more complex than anyone wants to let on if only because they may get one kind of deal for one show and a different kind of deal for another show and they don't want to tip their hand. I yeah. think Jason has actually confirmed that that's yeah. essentially all how All shows that is. are different, all deals are different. Yeah, you can't... Well, I mean, there's shit that they were literally, like, had to buy as a package. And then there's shit that they could not get no matter what because there was, like, well, it's this... We want it on this bigger block. And I'm like, well, fuck. You know? Like, it's, you know... Uh, I mean, they probably... I mean, Escaflone being a great example of this, they were able to get all this other stuff from Bandai before and after, but Fox Kids managed to make a better deal and then blow it, and then even after blowing it, hump, sat on it specifically. <laughs> like, screw them. So it's like, what can you do with that? Uh, I believe they sat on Slayers as well and didn't even do anything with it. Well, I mean, after you, after you can't land Escaflone, it's like Slayers is way, way harder to, like, put on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a yeah. Ter- like like that would have been like a tough like that that would have been some like hundreds of thousands of dollars on digital ink and paint just to make it like midnight run ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think of the they, pro- they used to do that shit too. Like like that gun repaint in Outlaw Star was literally like that was cash. And it was and this was before you could be like any any mook with a laptop and like After Effects could do it. Like you had to go to a guy who had like I'm still not sure how they convinced their bosses like, hey, you know, there's this great show called Tenchi Muyo. We're going to have to do a whole lot of digital editing at a very high cost because it's really not appropriate for children, but we think it's going to be a hit. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is if they hadn't done that, I think like it was there's a lot of shows outside of like the core DBZ, Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing, Trifecta that drew in people that we're not going to, like, land otherwise. Like, yeah. Toonami has that legacy because they took that risk. Um, you know, that money, it's hard, to, it's hard to justify on a quarterly basis in terms of, like, we spent this much money this, uh, on content we don't even own, lock, and stock, lock stock, and barrel. Um, but in the term, terms of a long-term brand win, obviously a success. Yeah. Um, I was just going to quickly comment on shows that I am pretty certain are identifiable as the most stuff that was likely to be packaged in with other things, whether we know what they were or not. <laughs> but say at the, uh, the the top of the list has to be pilot candidate. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they got around that time from... Well, I mean, if you take a look at what Bandai had and the, what, they get, what else they got from Bandai at that point, they had that were sort of released from released by Bandai around the same time. About Lost Star, I'm like, okay, that's worth picking up. Big O, slightly risky, but not also. It's like, it's also just like Bruce Wayne with Giant Robots, pretty good win. Blue Sub Six, a lot of editing you had to do there, but man, like the way they sold that as an event definitely got viewers. Mm. And so it's like, okay, so here's three Bandai things you probably want. Maybe Blue Sub was like a package in, but because that was an OVA, I think they actually probably remember they were releasing that for like one episode for $20 on DVD yeah. back then. Well, was right? that was so, that like the exact same time period? Because if you recall, oh, they, they had to quote unquote borrow pilot candidate 
Oh, yeah, no, adult, yeah, no, yeah, adult no, Swim was, Action that, Block. That was originally going to go to Toonami. As, and, that, that was you originally know, I do was. wonder, I do wonder that if that would have done any better freshly picked up with Cowboy the Toonami audience. It's like, you guys can <laughs> have Cowboy Bebop, but you gotta take Pilot Candidate. I think they finally had to air Pilot Candidate because they because they had they had Cowboy Bebop first, even this just when it was just a generically Adult Swim, and then they wanted to do the action block. And I think what it was is they had been sitting on Pilot Candidate already because it's so rough. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it would have landed better stripped daily, just because you don't have like that initial three episode fucking drag is mm-hmm. done by Wednesday, not done three weeks later. <laughs> but it's also it's just not it's it's not even the Ava light. Like it's no. Ava Askin design, but it's like it's not, it's it's such a a dud of a giant robot series, and it's sad because like the manga is better than that, and that person went on to do better manga and get better at ad- better anime adaptation adaptations in Dian Angel, but just man, it's oh, a boy. like and the thing is like was like IG's like one of their C studios, right? That was like or 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 something that would go on to be one of their C studios, wasn't yeah. it? I think so. Because I don't think they had yet done like the whole B train. Well, they had already had they had already split off Zedek as a side studio. Was it or Zedek? side thing? I think, I think it was Zedek. Zedek. Yeah, you're right. Speaking you're of right. uh, B train, you can always see way. a Zedek show, right? They're like whenever you see a show, it's like, oh, this is Zedek. <laughs> they just have this look to them. We also don't really have any way of knowing, but either they sold. Either they gave Cartoon Network a really good deal on a bunch of stuff in the Dot Hack franchise, or they tagged that into a package deal with something else, and then that just did not pan out. No, I think that was a case of Bandai being like, this is going to be a really big thing, and you yeah. want to be on board, and we'll yeah. sign you to a contract for everything. And yeah. Cartoon Network was like, that, yeah, that's... this could be big. Yeah, there was a time and, when it was like, you know what? like everybody thought Dot Hack was going to be the next big thing. Like there was like it was I, definitely there was like you could get the Dot Hack video game in grocery stores at the time. Like that's how like hyped they had it. It didn't sell. <laughs> we have we have no way of knowing how well it did on I believe it premiered on Super Saturdays. Super Saturdays and around and 3:30. was only airing on Super Saturdays. For four I weeks. I was there at least for the first four episodes. And then they were and like, hey, we're going to move this to midnight on Saturday video entertainment video system. Video entertainment yeah. system. Yeah. And you know well, what? I was okay with it because they played the opening. That's true. They did play that, the That's opening. the problem, though, is like the best part of that show. Like the you music. Is, I'm you, a bit obsessed. Oh, it is a good opening. Oh. Yeah. It's a bunch of just random imagery, but it's good. Well, the, well, no, and the music, the music's good. Like the music in Dot Hack is great, but like the direction oh, yeah. is like, I mean, again, it's that B train direction, and you see the same thing in War. You see the same thing in fucking Mad Lax. It's just like, okay, we're gonna spend the first chunk of the show just setting an ambiance, and like uh, nobody needs this much ambiance. Man. That being so, said, I still need to know what the music was from the dot hack sign tsunami intro and nobody knows i should give it a listen i might okay it's it's definitely some probably 
it's either lost William Street stuff or it's like super deep cut. Like, like because they had already started to do some licensing at that point. Like they'd already started to like, yeah, it's they... funny because I, I remember, I remember being like way back on like tunes of Toonami form being they like, they should Ninja start licensing shit from like Ninja tune. Yeah, no, it was funny. Cause I, like I said, like way before they did, it was like, they should license from like Ninja tune. They should license. Like I listed a bunch of labels and artists and then they basically like, because Listened. they already have good taste, they're like, "Well, if the people already want it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly." Yeah, we were talking about Anime Expo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I blame oh, Duelist. How, how was Anime Expo? It was it was like wonderful, and they, we even got some tsunami news from it. Maybe we, not one that was during it, but there was or at least one that was during it. And one, yeah, one, one that was during it, and the other is quite frankly baffling that we uh, didn't get it at the well, time. Well, assuming that that, what, is, that is what it was, but but I have a feeling it was sketch, but I think yeah. it was more like it was finally a time where all parties got together, yeah. you know. So it's like, oh, we can't really say it. Will it work? Maybe it won't work. Let's try this. We have a plan because it isn't as clear cut considering what you were talking about with scheduling on uh, like Toonami's lineup. So maybe they had to do some finagling. So that's why, you know, some things had to kind of happen. Yeah, exactly. But there was a hint by how vague they were about uh, how vague the distributor was about the release schedule for the dub of a oh show. yeah, no, it was the same thing of like Dimension W. Remember where it's like, oh, the dub is coming yeah, out and soon, that's, but we can't uh, say Yeah, and that that was what people made people think that Mob Psycho was coming, even though yes, it was actually not that. It was that Bang Zoom was handling that dub, and they just didn't have a timetable for it. Right, but with a product <laughs> that isn't uh, a out of like it wasn't a dubbing company that's like outsourced for what Funimation Studios is. Yeah. It was as clear as day. Like, they made it blatantly obvious without actually saying it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah. who else is going to, like, you know, who's going to, like, pull it out from, out from under Ethan these days? Nobody else is going to take the, take the risks these days. No, no, no. No, that's true. Weird. Like, even with Titan, you would think some company would be like, you know what? This is this is still pretty big. It's not as big as it was, obviously, with the wait for season but, two. But but at, but, but, at, but at the same time, I see Attack on Titan trading cards at the dollar store now. So do you really? Dead ass oh, at Dollar Tree in Canada. I oh, see Attack was, on Titan trading cards. There was a brief time at the height go of Canada. season one where people thought, oh well, maybe Toonami won't be able to get season two because all these other parties might be interested because it's such a big hit well i mean maybe a couple years later that was no longer the case but there might have been a slight possibility of somebody else being interested but i honestly I think like... they had first right to refusal for anything going forward and that was well, kind of thrown in with their probably very overpriced licensing deal for the first season yeah which they still well, have <laughs> yeah well, and I think you also run into the thing where um, if th- if something is going to be a mainstream hit, its biggest risk is probably it's like a pre-license. It's not the post-license somebody else is going to try and grab TV. Like, that's their lane now, and I don't feel like anybody else is really looking towards it at the moment. No, that that's could absolutely but, true. But it's like the biggest risk right now is, is like, oh, Amazon bought it before you could even touch it, or yeah. Netflix gets it before you can even touch it. Like... 
Little Witch Academia is the is like the kind of thing where it's all like, man, that probably could have worked on like Cartoon Network, but they would have had to be the co-producer. Like they would have had to jump on it from day one because otherwise, yeah. tough shit. Like you, I... like that's the risk now is that not, you know, Sci-Fi Channel buys it. The risk now is Amazon or Netflix buys it. Period. I I feel like if Amazon was not a factor, Toonami probably would have aired Cabinary. Unless yeah, it's too samey to tighten. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And you, and you know what? Amazon bought that because they probably couldn't get a, a lock stock on Titan, so they're like, we'll get Cabinary because it's on the same lane. Right. Hey, CJ, do you remember Anime Strike? I do. <laughs> yes. I do. It had some actually fantastic titles. It just the service sucked. And uh, the pay... I didn't like the double paywall, especially if, like you don't have prime but i had prime to begin with so the, it was the, like it wasn't whack, as big of a deal but the I whack part the about frustration the other whack part about that is internationally they didn't even try and launch it so like yeah. i got all that shit just straight up on a less expensive prime like not even taking exchange rate in i pay yeah. a lower number amount than you pay in america for prime yep. and i got all of that shit <laughs> yeah it was like i think like even australia was like saying like yo you guys have to do th- how much about am- anime strike kind of thing, but yeah, did, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that went through the minds of like picking up Cabaneri because it was the same director for season one of Titan, so they probably assumed it would be just as good. Mm. Well, I think they I think they had execs. It sounds like they had execs at one point that were behind this whole we're going to have our own channels thing and we'll launch with anime because it's so established. One yeah. don't want an established base, especially against global players like. Uh, like Crunchyroll plays such a top-notch A-plus global game that you cannot, like, then you have to start from the same level. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't joke around. And yeah, yeah, double paywall, like, you know, getting anime plus, you know, you can't do it. The double paywall was just. A we box. have trouble with fans just using legitimate sources to watch anime, let alone a double paywall. Like, yeah, on. no, it, no, it's it's hard enough. Like, yeah, I mean, especially you're right. Like, in the, in the U.S. where they're launching this. Crunchyroll lets you watch standard def free <laughs> with yeah. apps, like right? Yeah. And we can't even get people to do that. They're like, I'd rather go go to piracy sites and get yeah. like, AIDS on my computer because I'm a moron. We it's, and you want to have people pay twice, and you'll be like, well, a lot of people already have Prime. <laughs> yeah, they already have Prime, and they don't want to give you more money. This <laughs> no, is before, for real. And this is mm-hmm. before your dude was a hundred and fifty billion dollars rich. Mm. Out of here. No. <laughs> no, no. I know it was bad. But yeah, no, Sketch, I know, is excited for, what is it, August 18th? It's going to be premiere night. Just yes. like when, uh, oh, how what was that date where we had, like, Unicorn, Tokyo Ghoul, and, like, one other show? January, like, the first Saturday in January. And yeah, we had, like, three Saturday. shows premiering. Ooh, it was, well, it, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it was uh, Super Kai Final go. Chapters and... Gundam Unicorn. Yes. Good times. Good times. So we, we're going to get ourselves uh, another double premiere. Pretty pretty exciting. So if it hasn't been blatantly clear yet, uh, earlier this week, mon- Monday in fact, I believe, yeah, uh, Toonami posted a Facebook post to say, yeah, we got Attack on Titan Season 3, August 18th. Now, this is interesting because at Anime Expo, Viz announced that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, will also be premiering right 
after Stardust Crusaders ends, and that is also on August 18th. Now, Space Dandy ends on August 4th, and that seemed like the clear choice to be replaced by Attack on Titan if they were going to do that. So they're probably going to have to finagle the schedule in some ways. They already have the problem that they've announced September 8th for the premiere of Fooly Cooly Alternative, Leading to the obvious fact that uh, they will have a Labor Day marathon. Deal with it. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? The healing they process do. hasn't started yet, Sketch. So there's got to be a Labor Day marathon because they don't want to start Fulikuli Alternative before that. Even though Progressive's rerun will end one week before... Will... 18th? No, it'll, it'll end on the... Uh, is that the 24th? Gosh, I could have a calendar in front of me. Uh, 25th. The 25th is when Fully Cooly Progressive... No? No, actually it's the 18th, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Fully Cooly Progressive will... Uh, I can't talk. Uh, that should also end on the 18th. So, on the 25th, they gotta do something. And they do have some stuff in development that they might possibly be able to roll out. We may learn something as early as later this week at the San Diego Comic-Con panel with uh, Toonami Preflight. All I can say is first dubbed episode of Attack on Titan was pretty legit. Yes, I I agree. I I got chills from the sub. And, like, it was so good. But, again, it's I'm biased, too, because this is my absolute favorite arc in the entire story. And I'm, 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 I'm a manga reader, so, like, I freaking love this arc. Oh, my God. It is so good. And I don't care if people don't like it in the anime form. I just, when I was reading it, it was, it, it just blew me away. It was so fun to read. It's pretty crazy. There's a lot yeah. of unexpected developments, <laughs> for sure. There's yeah. a lot of Sketch things that you're like, where did that even come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, did, what did you say, Doulis? I said, I forgot to ask, in your theatrical screening of the uh, Season 2 recap movie and then the uh, Season 3 Episode 1, was there just a very awkward moment of English production credits with no background music between yes. the two? yes. Were there people in the theater being like... (laughs) It was weird because they seemed to be playing the credit sequence for the season 3 premiere at the end of the season 2 recap movie. Which, by the way, that was a decent enough recap movie, but they cut out some really significant character stuff with uh, Ymir and Krista that... I feel is some of the better things from that season. So it yeah, kind of a downer there, but like watching it instead of the entire season, yeah. it also, uh, it's like the first half of that movie is like breakneck pacing. And it was a little, a little annoying in that regard, but then it slowed down significantly in the second half. As See, they... it's funny that you use the phrase breakneck pacing <laughs> in regards to Attack on Titan because I don't even need to make the rest of the joke. Um, but, uh, yes. yeah. Uh, also, I suppose it's kind of funny because a lot of people claim that the show drags in general. 
<laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I will say the stuff that I missed most from the actual season was any random glimpses of unknown shit that you got from uh, Ymir's like past. Oh, they also entirely cut out Sasha's whole thing with her father and fighting the the one titan in the town oh yeah well i guess that's forgivable it was a decent recap movie like yeah honestly we're having we're having to discuss stuff right now for me to remember that they didn't go over it so Uh, i mean other than like the the backstory stuff that I, I knew that they were not going to spend a lot of time on that episode where they were walking through the snow. There was no way that that was going to be no, something. No, no, of course not. I, a lot of people appreciated the fact that the second season of Attack on Titan was kind of light on Aaron nonsense, whereas this recap movie kind of brings him back into the center. Which, <laughs> it's, well, your mileage may vary. But it's a, if, if you have, I don't know if they'll ever release it in any form, but it's not a bad way to recap. But if honestly, it wouldn't take it, that long to rewatch the second season if you wanted to. Don't bother releasing it. I, that seems pointless to me. Uh, also, actually, do we even know whether they re-recorded any dialogue for that? I don't think so, but I I couldn't tell you. It all sounded like I remembered it. So I also keep wondering if they, because I'm pretty sure they screened the uh, first two recap movies they did. sometime at least. Uh, I don't think they I don't dubbed. know if they did. I never found out if they dubbed those or not, but I think they might have. I wouldn't put it past them to like release them all on a set at some point. Uh, I mean, they still haven't done any physical media for the Psychopaths redone, so who knows? Well, uh, that's a little more... And a Rise TV cut as well, if that even matters. Hey, you know what? They just announced a physical release and dub for Concrete Revolutio, so... (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, Stuff I honestly takes... didn't didn't expect them to dub it after all this time. I'm very pleased. And by the way, well, might be a good show for Toonami. Now, now that it's dubbed, I might try rewatching it because uh, I seem to recall trying to watch it with you, and we didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> oh, I was I was following it pretty well, but it's very disjointed. All the place. It does a bit of that Bacchano stuff where it's not linear but i digress all right um i do apologize but i need to step away for a moment but i will be back as soon as possible feel free to continue onward he has to take a dump people (laughs) something along those lines uh so yeah my general thoughts on the attack on titan season three premiere Uh, let me rephrase this uh my general thoughts on the Attack on Titan Season 3 premiere, now that I've seen it twice, once in Japanese, once dubbed, good. I, I think it does a good job. It 
feels a little leisurely at the beginning, but it doesn't really drag, and then it actually covers more material than I thought they would in a single episode. So I think it's a pretty good pace, and I hope that they can maintain that, because this is a really interesting story arc, but it's a little light on action, all things considered. So it'll be interesting to see how they play this out in the entirety of the show. But make no mistake, there are going to be some crazy cool fights in this season. Like, oh man, awesome stuff. Look forward to it. And more horse deaths, correct? Probably. Oh, you don't want to get spoilers about horse deaths? Thanks, Sketch. I just don't recall off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've read that part of the manga. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's what's coming to Toonami. We've got new season of Attack on Titan and a new season of JoJo starting the very same night. And that makes for a bit of an event. I don't know if they'll actually be put back to back. Seems like it'd be a good idea, but at the same time, they have a lot of moving parts right now, so that might not be the best idea. And honestly... Since this is a dub premiere and kind of a big deal, I really hope that they slot Attack on Titan right after Super. I really hope they do that. And I don't know what else they would potentially do. I mean, it'd be nice if they maybe shifted JoJo up for this next story arc because, honestly, what I saw of uh, Part 4... I really like. I, I think it might be the best arc of the anime so far. But I'll spoil it. It is. <laughs> sure, why not? I I just don't want to make that judgment based on like ten episodes. But I've seen it all, so you can trust I'm, me. I'm very much looking forward to watching the dub of this. And uh, what was it? Uh, Billy Clements is going to be. Uh, Billy Kametz, uh, yeah, Kometz. I believe, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, he's he's gonna be uh, Josuke. Josuke. Oh man, this is gonna be good. It's gonna be, this is gonna be real good. Um, it uh, is the part that most people seem to like, so it might it might stand to do better earlier on, and it doesn't need. I mean, you know, you don't need all of JoJo's continuity to enjoy any general general section of JoJo, frankly. Yeah. It's a I mean, fun show. <laughs> there's certainly some carryover. The fact that Jotaro plays a significant mm-hmm. role and even Joseph shows up. But mm-hmm. it's... And, yeah, there's still some things with the whole Joestar legacy going on. But that's that that's JoJo. You can't get away from it. But it's not something that you really need that much background to enjoy. In fact, I was watching season four, having not seen big chunks of Stardust Crusaders, and I was just fine. Exactly. Not a problem. And, I don't know, I think it's it's pretty cool that they're rolling right into the next arc of JoJo. I figured they would probably take a tiny break, because honestly, up to this point, there was almost no sign that it was even getting dubbed yet. No, but, no, no, no. At Anime Boston, I was able to confirm that they were working on it. I just didn't know how far along that they were in it due to the fact that, uh, like, they've been very 
very tight-lipped very with really sense. anything JoJo when it comes to production, like with Stardust Crusades. I mean, I knew there'd be a little time in between just with how slow they were rolling it out and doing things with that for uh, Stardust Crusaders. But no, the, back at Anime Boss, they're like, yeah, they, they have it licensed. They're, they're working on it. So I was like, okay, so maybe they just started. or I didn't know how quickly they could have been able to give it to Tanami or whatever, but I knew that it was being done. So, now the question is, when are we going to get some Osamatsu-san knows? Uh, after that? Pop Team Epic. Yeah, I honestly, I w- would not be surprised at all if Osamatsu-san replaced Pop Team Epic, because... Again, though, that might be the kind of thing where they want way too much for that, because that is, that is, it is another thing that's just, I can't understate how huge it is in Japan. It's it is... Yeah, I, I will is, go. In, true, I will go. Yeah. I will be in a but random is... train station in a small town in Japan, and in the attached shopping area, they will have an Osumatsu-san stuff, and they will be running uncut episodes on a little DVD player by it. Now, <laughs> any 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 show where you can run uncut episodes where they're d- guessing the characters by their dicks, and <laughs> like you could just be like, "Hey, yeah, that's there." You can't. It's at a different level. Also, that's kind of like Osumatsu-san is really realistically speaking a lot harder on the objectionable content than like that would be a hard tvma a lot of the time <laughs> i was but, like do they have that. trading cards at the dollar store that's what i want to know i don't there's no osumasu san cards at the dollar store oh. um uh, in america in japan like there's <laughs> osumatsu candy in like every fucking convenience store like that's yes. what i'm saying is it's like it is <laughs> omnipresent because of the original Osamatsu-kun cartoons like it's just like oh so now they're like useless neats fun and it's very very cultural I mean it's part of why they were able to, to get that second season so easily is is it what it's far from it being like they can't do anymore you know did it did it sell like no it's it was everywhere when I went there in 2016 nice. so I do wonder if it's like another one of these things where it's like this is clearly worth hundreds of thousands of dollars per episode and you're like yes in Japan I agree in America, aim low and yeah. then build up. What has One Piece taught us? I mean, well, well I mean, this was a but this is Viz Media we're talking about here, and and Viz Media managed to get JoJo on Tsunami. But but, but that Viz... makes sense. This doesn't necessarily make the same sense. Well, that's that. true. And again, every deal's different. Viz may be able to offer TV rights for that very reasonably, whereas doing the same, cutting the same deal on behalf of the Japanese licensor for TV rights for Osamatsu may be, again, one of these things where it's like, oh, if we're selling this to TV, we have to make this because we've got existing deals to, like, send X back in the, in the event of that. And it could just be... Wow. it could. I mean, they may not even have the TV rights, so they may then turn around and have to directly deal with the Japanese licensors for it and then get oh, masters from Viz. Yeah, it could, be, it could be all sorts of trouble, and it's just a big enough property that I think the probability... Well, then I guess that that's an easy the, reason why they went with Pop Team Epic instead... <laughs> Because it's well, yeah, I know that's this King Records. Like it's like it's King Records, and like uh, they and they license that to everybody. Yeah, literally like, everybody. Like they like probably because King Records, one, they're in a position to simply <coughs> say this is ours. We can give it to everybody, and if people want to pay for it, great. Two, they're like this is the riskiest possible thing. <laughs> this is such a gamble. They did not want to leave like any money on the table. It's all like Funimation will pay for it, sure. Gradual, sure. High dive, sure. Whoever. <laughs> People probably could have licensed it for the YouTube channels. <laughs> oh my god, I should try that. That would have been hilarious. Like, okay, so let's talk about a slam dunk that Viz just licensed. 
please. Okay. Oh, of please course, Megalobox. Right, bring right, Megalobox right. to Toonami. Yeah. And we reached we reached our quota for us asking for shows that we want on the block. There we yeah. go. Yeah, like, Megalobox is a. It's, it's all I ask. It is all I ask. Yeah, they had they had a great behind the scenes on Megalobox on NHK World uh, when it first started airing on their uh, Imagination Block, and it's great. Like it's a uh, the so you like it, if you think a lot of love and care were put into it, yeah, you're right, dead right. Dude, it has a Bebop feel to it, but it is the boxing version of Bebop. It's really more like Champlu. <laughs> in some ways. I'm just a fan of boxing in general, so you don't have to sell me quotes on that. Dude, I mean, they missed the boat on, on Fighting Spirit when Genion was trying to make that into something, so I really hope. <laughs> Megalobox is a way easier sell. Like, oh, a, yeah. like oh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of oh, boxing yeah. shows are very good in that shonen anime kind of way. Hajime no this Ippo? is like, yeah, Hajime no Ippo is one degree. Yeah, like all of these things are like, okay, they're nice, but they don't, like, I could see where they're not going to land in Toonami. They're very much yeah. sports anime shonen anime kind of things like megalobox is a seinen vibe to it like it feels yeah. like it belongs it's, grown up. Box. it's, it's a grown it's a man boxing anime. it's just exactly. it's, it is definitely a, something that you so could right have that, seen on adult like, swim any any year yeah but like that would have like they could have landed that at any time in the past 18 years and it would have been like oh yeah that's the when that's on i always stop and watch that yeah yeah exactly so, here's hoping. I mean, it was just like, it was just pretty good all the way around. I mean, man, those freaking cliffhangers, though, man. I, I, I hated it, but I loved it at the same time because well, I mean, it just had you wanted more. Well, that is like a fighting anime thing. Like, you, like yeah. you, I can like so many fighting anime, and I don't even mean like, I mean, whether it is something like Megalobox, which is very mysterious, mysterious, mature, or something like Angelic Glare, even like always cliffhanger ended stuff, and then wouldn't even resist. You wouldn't even start resolving the cliffhanger until halfway through the next episode because they'd start with a flashback for whoever's getting their ass whooped or de- delivering the ass whooping. Like, so like that's just that's just the pattern. That's just the pattern for like fighting. How's your daddy today, boy? Yeah. Oh man. Exactly. Yeah. No. Good. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff coming to Toonami. Uh if you wanted more JoJo, more JoJo coming. If you wanted more Attack on Titan, more Attack on Titan coming. And if, like if we, we didn't, didn't see Attack on Titan not coming, though, man. Yeah, like I said, there's just nobody... Like, the biggest risk is, like, whenever they do a season four of that, is that going to... Like, is Funimation going to be... Do they have the ability to swing on that versus, like, a really motivated Amazon or or Netflix, really, really Netflix. And Netflix would be my paranoia, 100%. <laughs> Netflix <laughs> steals like, a lot I wanna... of stuff, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's some stuff that may, like, may or may not happen sometimes without their influence. You know, there's times where they're bringing things that might have been marginal otherwise, but they're also stuff where it's just like, oh, they, they grabbed that season's hit, and it kind of sucks. Yeah, because, as, like, much, as much like, as it does suck, I'm just glad they dub mostly everything they get. It's true. They do. They. Well, I mean, they 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 do do their due diligence because they play a global game. Like they yeah. don't just. They That's right. Because that they do other every... languages too. Yeah. It, like they they understand that like they're not here to win the U.S. They're and sometimes they the have the people that do the other language dubs do the English dub for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we're not gonna talk about that the big green stuff or the um let's see, dude, you never wanna hear the Filipino version of Dragon Ball. <laughs> no Corehead showed on his poop dump stream, man. And it is horrible but so funny at the same time that you can't do nothing but watch it. It's weird because like I think Fantastic Children they use they they use the Filipino dub for it and it's okay. But it's like I think the only okay instance of that, like it's the only time where it's all like, oh yeah, that sounds like you know, it doesn't sound like weird or stilted. Um or just completely, you know, big green. <laughs> <laughs> that that I Ico series that was like dubbed in Florida by the people that <laughs> usually do their Latin America dubs. Whoa, that's weird. Yeah. It's interesting not choice. Good. It's very, very bad. But hey, at least Jagretzko got a kick-ass dub. Yeah. Uh, no, they... Uh, I mean, that might not have been in their hands. That might have, like, you know, you you, you, you with Sanrio, you're, you, you only get one... You're only going to get one shot to, like, get that right. Like, there's a lot of... Like, that's a, that's a don't-screw-it-up kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's weird. I think, like... It's weird. With Agatsuko, I think that's a great... Like, it had vastly more visibility than it would have necessarily had on uh, traditional anime streaming service or on television. Mm -hmm. Um, Conversely, like, I think there's other stuff that, like, dramatically had its visibility reduced by being on Netflix because it's like, okay, everybody has Netflix, but not everybody's going through Netflix, so therefore, you know, unless it gets that outside buzz of being on, like, every blog like Agatsuko did, then nobody digs for it you know, yeah. outside of the otaku who would have watched it no matter where you would have put it. Whereas if you throw it on a block, you know, there's some stuff yeah, where it's, it's like, like, if oh, it can hey, be on they Tanami, got Yuki Yuna as a hero. And who yeah. watched that? <laughs> and, it, and like, that probably would have been, like, there's a show that probably would have had a better, like, run on at least a pure anime service, if not, like I said, you know, that could have broadcast. That would have landed. Oh, yeah, I think it did get that. You're right. Let me think of something that's... I don't know. I can't think of a good example. Seven Deadly Sins? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Seven Deadly Sins would have done better elsewhere. Definitely would have and killed it on Crunchyroll. Yeah. And also, it's like the, the like the season wait for stuff. Like, they gotta be willing to, like, mm-hmm. build... Like, they don't understand that they're losing hype by not running it oh, weekly. Oh, absolutely. The Dragon... The, the Dragon Pilot... Like, people are like, oh, I really want to check this show out. But I can't. It's rough. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. What you gonna do? When they come for you? Well, I think we should probably move on to uh, the final recap of Fooly Cooly. A recap? What? Yeah. What is this novel sketch? Yeah, I know. We've already we been we got to see so the long. first five minutes before anyone else. Fully, fully progressive. We <laughs> sure did. Like we had a care. moment. It was exciting. And then it was like, ah, why don't they just give us the whole episode? Because <laughs> you, you know Loki there would have been... Finger. Yeah. You know Loki people would have been like all over spoiling it if the whole thing had run. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, yep, yep, yep. A, that's a good point. That's and I this don't need people spoiling it. Well, and this has been a polarizing enough show as it stands, which has been actually honestly kind of surprised me. Uh, but that's because uh, I, I think they nailed it. But maybe that's just too. me. Like with the, 
uh, with the polarizing part about it, like you really have, I think what's what I find interesting looking back at like progressive is how you really are like split down the middle where you have people who do write about anime talk about how, wow, this was really not something that was needed. I'm sad that they went in direction that they did. And just as much, you have people who write about it professionally and they're like, wow, this was really fantastic. Like they did a pretty good job with it. Then you have others, whether they be, you know, from Twitter fans, uh, Facebook fans, and they just latch on to whichever professional person sides with their type of mindset. And it really seems very split. Like it's, it's a lot of bickering of who was right of whether it was needed or not when it's like it's here let's just i, I you think could not needed, like it but it's here I, I think needed is such a wrong like that's such a bad place to start from because you're already basically going to say it's like you know and, and and it's also it's a sort of uh i don't know i think people kind of i think it's interesting to see some of the complaints being people they don't want to say that basically they wanted more fan service out of it or more repetition but since like if you break down the complaints all like well, oh, then yeah. you just want you, then yeah. you just wanted then what you wanted was another like Gynax coming <laughs> the of age story. The only panty shot to... you got was Morris <laughs> in his non-utility kill. To, to be fair, the intro dream sequence does kind of hold on Hidomi's butt when she's turning into a robot. But on the other hand, she's turning into a robot during that, so maybe that's distracting. Um, no, but I mean, but I mean by fan services in terms of narrative fan service, in terms of being like, I think some people would have probably came into it expecting like basically another straightforward Gynax coming of age story, except it's a girl this time. And I'm like, that's immediately a disservice to the differences in the, the two scenarios here in the setups. And character building, like you'd be doing a real disservice to the character of Hidomi basically to make her a, a Nauta clone. And if anything, they kind of go out of the way to like start to deconstruct a bit of that Gynax boy gets godhood power and the girl and all that shit that like is in Ava and isn't fully Cooley. It's even in like Abenobashi. It's oh. in Mahoromatic for fuck's sake. Like it's all oh, like there damn. was like Gynax arguably did like the same story like five times <laughs> uh, in some in some fashion. And it's fine because they do a magnificent way. They, they do it creatively and interestingly and compellingly every time. And it's really, I think, regardless of like maybe technical nitpicks where it's like oh the animation could have been sharper here or the mix could have been better here and i honestly think any of the audio complaints let's wait to see how it sounds on dvd because we might be getting a downsampled 5.1 mix that might be a little screwy on streaming but may sound great on an actual disc or or professional release uh those kind of complaints aside which i can sort of say like yeah this was clearly like a little strapped for time at points in terms of polish one, some of that polish that's in the original Folikoli is fan service in the service of that particular Gynaxian narrative. Like, it's a story about a boy whose dad is a hyper-meta referential otaku. And so a bunch of what they're doing there is also putting that into the visuals. It's a narrative reflecting in the visuals. And I think that's there in Progressive, but you're going to have... It's a different story, so that's going to reflect differently. And, like, that's why the manga scene is not this hyper-kinetic loose doujin manga scene like we had in the original show that we do twice just because we're trying to be meta 
we see it once, specifically used as a flashback, specifically done in a more web manga, Jose style, because that's more what this story is about. You know, it's not uh, it's not the Gynax uh, tropes this time around. And I think some people really actually wanted that, like as much as they're like, you know, they'll, they'll coach it in like, well, maybe it would have landed better with this or that. I'm like, I think you wanted more of the same and you didn't get it. And you're kind of <laughs> sad about that. I get. I mean, yeah, you would think, but it's it's funny because a lot of I, I was too young to really, I guess, appreciate Fully Cooly when it first came out and things like that. I don't like. I remember first watching it and not really understanding much of anything, which probably means I get Fully Cooly because no one really understands with puberty and whatnot. But what I feel like a lot of people just put that such on a high pedestal where it's like their sacred kind of anime of all animes and like if there was anything wrong with this with progressive to where it doesn't give you them the same story or the same kind of feel that the first season did that they were just going to hate it regardless. Yeah. And it just, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't quite should. understand that logic or that way of thinking, at least with this well, one, it, it is something different. Well, and it's also, it shouldn't give you the same feel because it's a different kind of adolescence. Like, right. Like the abandonment that happens or surrounding now is a lot different than the abandonment that happens surrounding, um, Hidomi and to have broached those in the same way would have been doing one, it would have been lacking the kind of uh, narrative and philosophical value in trying to comment essentially on the original by doing something different with the new one that has certain parallels, but where you can sort of say like, actually some of the stuff in this original was maybe tropey or toxic or weird and didn't actually have like, it wasn't actually positive and to be able to then sort of, recontextualize that by saying here's a similar but different set of conflicts still surrounding a coming of age and then unraveling that um i think that was i think that's like a big part of what progressives trying to do especially surrounding like you know haruko is like just as predatory and problematic in the original show but it's played for jokes and basically it's in the service of nauda's coming of age it's very flat all things considered, we don't have a lot of depth or reason for it. She's this this pan-like yeah. chaos god who's suddenly been dropped into the middle of this. Um, it really disrupts everything. Yeah. Here, we suddenly have that actually being contextualized as like, and that's a bad thing. Like, she is a... <laughs> she is... Medical Mechanica is this abstract... Um, you know, society is, you know, if it's there as, as the pressures of society on, uh, uh, it's there in a much more abstract way. And it's counterbalanced by the fact that it's like none of the other adults who are tra actively trying to work against it are any more dignified in their behavior about it because they're also exploiting children like Marco and Ico in the service of their trying to fight medical mechanica. So it's like it's that's even a more complex, rich view of that than necessarily we got in the orig original show. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that they can afford to take the time to do because we already have certain things set up from the original show in terms of perspective. So it is a pro progression. It is building on this. But, you know, like Haruko is the villain really this time around. She's very much set up in that way. Yeah. And a, a complex villain, like a person who's like clearly not able to, you know, she is an adult with like, borderline godlike powers seeming seeming mortality and the and she's frozen in a thought frame because of that and cannot resolve the internal conflict to the point where she splits into two people of wanting to both protect Adamisk and ensure his freedom but also wanting to control Adamisk and own him at any cost 
Mm-hmm. And that's a way more, you know, and people can say like, well, we didn't resolve the whole thing. It's all like fully, fully, strictly speaking, didn't even have to do that with the character in terms of its utility towards being the thing that sets off somebody's coming of age story. Haruko can continue to be Haruko forever. And it's still perfectly fine. It could be annoying, but you're like, mm-hmm. you could always argue that these aren't Haruko's story. The fact that this is so much Haruko's story, I'm honestly surprised they had the guts to do. Because if I was going to leave one thing alone in the hopes that Suramaki would loop back to it, it would be this kind of development. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, no. And they, did, I, they, did, yeah. they didn't touch. And instead, they were willing to sort of break down in a really. Uh, and like I said, this last podcast, this Lacanian drive, this obsession for jouissance, pleasure that's beyond, that's to the point of pain. Like that's Hardico's drive in trying to capture uh, Atomisk, who is unattainable. And like, you know, and whereas Jinyu accepts it, like actually it's it's become to the point where it is that chase that I enjoy. And I actually am fine with that being protecting freedom on the other side of that side of that chase like haruko can't comes to term can't come to terms with that and splits and splits yeah, in two she, we see that she again literally comes, she becomes obsessed with a man to the point that she does have to split herself into it's kind of like a, a dr jekyll mr hyde type of thing with it because here you have genu being dr jekyll and then haruko oh, being the dr hyde part of it you know yeah i mean like it's very i mean it's an interesting contrast that like naota has this very predatory person move in with him in Haruko. Conversely, Hidomi has this very protective person essentially move in with her, be around her, and Jinyu. And it's like this specific mirroring that also ties into a whole bunch of other specific mirroring that, yes, starts with character gender and also being in different phases of uh, coming of age, elementary school, junior high. But also it's a like lost kind of absentee-ish mother, lost brother versus very specifically lost father and like the mm-hmm. difference in those behaviors. And it's like a, you know, and the, and you know, the remaining parent being very different. Like if, if, and if, if, uh, you know, now dad is meta to the point of tearing apart the facade of their reality. <laughs> at points, Right. You know, oh. you have Hidomi's mom trying to paper over. It's like one day things will be good. And I, you know, we kept running the cafe and this hope that your dad would come back. And then I thought you're growing up. So I don't have to do these things in this very much, you know, self uh in complete opposition to like how uh, now does dad is like there's these set of mirror. There's a set of mirroring there. So it's like to say like, well, it didn't comment enough on this. It's like, I think so many people right now just don't. Kind of, kind of forgets. Like we've had 18 years of breaking, breaking down fully, mm-hmm. coolly. Exactly. Like for the 5,000 words or ish that I've written so far on progressive, I wrote probably 10 times that discussing it on Tune Zones forums 15 years ago. Right. Uh, you know, this is we have had years of uh, critical discussion on fully coolly and breaking it down and finding its parallels with all of the other Gynax work. Uh, when initially you're just like, Oh, this is just so fast and random. It's like, there's a lot of stuff, fast, quick stuff. Like people haven't even done rewatches of it. People have done one watch and they're like, well, I clearly, I have it. And I'm like, I think there's, I think there's some hubris in some of the breakdowns here and some of my mind too. Like I'm reading into it deeply, but I'm figuring that's probably it's fully cool. You're supposed to. Right. I just so I just think also with fully coolly like, well, sorry, I didn't mean to. You can no, no, finish. No, sorry. No, it's like it's just with fully coolly. It's like you don't so so much of what fully coolly does is like take certain genres or vibes and compress that into like the most narratively tight, you know, set of episodes that you can do. It's like 
I don't see where where progressive did do the exact same thing in that just with different a different basis it's not the gynax young man basis it's a it's a, something that actually i don't think has a lot of parallels it's kind of chunimbio it's maybe <laughs> kind of i mean because i mean it's kind of sundere it's like it's a little bit more amorphous it's not something we've seen 20 times and that you can then say like and it ties back to the narrative the cambellian narrative arcs and all this stuff it doesn't fit that stuff as nicely and that's not bad direction that's innovative direction it really <laughs> no, is and i think and i think yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I think what you're hitting on with that is like, I think because it's only been seen once and yet everyone's like trying to look for the deep meaning with everything. And I think it kind of distracts them from looking at the whole overall picture of what Progressive was trying to tell. You can yeah. ask so many different people where it's like, oh, well, Fooly Cooly meant this to me. You, uh, Fooly Cooly meant this, you know, that, that, whether it be, you know, puberty, abandonment, all these kind of things that you could get from that first uh, series. And it's like people try to shoehorn that same feeling from Progressive when it's like we haven't had enough time to digest everything yet. Maybe we should just take it as a whole. I always found Fooly Cooly to be better enjoyed watching it all together. I, I, I really do. I think it sets a, a, a you see part of the picture with each episode week to week. And then yeah. all of a sudden when you get that final product, when you see everything all together, you start seeing all the hidden messages that like you might have missed the first time or you were searching too hard that you just happen to miss. And so because you were like searching for every little nook and cranny off the first go, it's like you're missing more of what the story was trying to tell you to a point where all of a sudden it's like, no, this is actually just bad. And it didn't do what it was supposed to do instead of actually like letting it, letting it or you digesting it to the point that we were at with the, the first Fruity Cooly. At least that's right. what I was seeing, at least with the kind of the more negative reaction for it. And I, and I know it's not going to well, be for everyone. Yeah, well, no, and, and I mean, it's also, it's like, it's reflecting a very different uh, adolescence. Like, it's not the, mm -hmm. I want to grow up too soon, which I feel is like maybe in some ways a bit culturally more universal. Like, you, everybody has that thing where it's like, you're a kid, you want to be an adult, and you're just actually, you don't fucking know what being an adult is. The <laughs> kind the, of, nor do the adults. And and, and, and and that's the big reveal in Fully Cleas, is the adults are also fucking cads and, and idiots too. Mm -hmm. Um like no, like I mean, even even his beloved brother still basically fucked off to America, leaving his uh, girlfriend to predate on him, uh, while he goes goes and has uh, goes and has a relationship with some American blonde. Great, great older brother. Yes. Great, really a really really an ace ace character to look up to. Fully Cooley never. Here's the the thing is is like there's a lot of that in the original Fully Cooley that Fully Cooley leaves there, but doesn't say much about. Progressive talks a lot to that especially mm -hmm. by mirroring certain things but uh, again like i think the other part of it is is like you know he now does this kid who wants to just grow up too soon and in and, and the big the big learning the big moral is it's like it's okay to be a kid this takes it like she like hadomi wants to not exist because she thinks that by upending everything her father will come back and i think there is a much more you know or you know like Naoto wants to grow up because there aren't adults in his life, essentially. Hidomi doesn't want to be because they're the adult that she wanted most in her life is gone. And yeah, the she kind basically of, is suffering from abandonment issues and daddy issues, man. Yeah, yeah. It's and, not a full-on electric complex, whereas yeah. like especially the fully coolly manga adaptation is much more explicit in coding yeah. 
Nauta in an edible t- edible tone, which actually then lines him up really nicely with the other Gynax characters, because like uh, Evangelion is edible as fuck, and oh. so and and, oh, and, yeah. and, and, and so is a Benabashi, but for jokes. But the reason it makes jokes about that is because the other Gynax shows do it for real. Um, yeah. That um, there isn't a strong Electra Complex vibe off of uh, uh, Hidomi, but there is that kind of you know for her it's like to come to the same kind of narrative denouement that Nauta had of accepting his childhood uh, in a positive way. Hidomi needs to accept that like not wanting anything right now is fine as a teenager, but not wanting anything doesn't mean wanting to be nothing. And it's this much finer, almost cognitive behavioral therapy kind of acceptance kind of thought that is, you know, just also going to be, I think it's not, it's not a fun, easy narrative hero's journey kind of sell very few hero's journey you know it's much close you know it's not osiris where at the end of osiris he comes back and now he's the god of the dead it's gilgamesh where it's like i tried to get immortality and fucked up but i'm okay i guess i'll just be a guy this is much more towards that it's like it's okay for me to just want to have my thing for myself with my mom and my cafe and a, and a, and a boyfriend and to want to simple things. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a much, you know, and one could say it's like, well, the problem is they have too many threads going. I'm like, I think it's kind of nice that they have threads going because in the original fully, fully, everybody's kind of just acting in service to now like everybody is there for his story. I think other people got their own stories a lot more, not just Haruko. Like Ide is much more of an agent of action than any of the other kids were yeah. in fully, fully. Right. But the thing that you love about Ide is he actually, Stands up to Haruko, though, for real. Yeah. You know, he, he calls her out on her BS. Yeah, and he does a bad job of it because he's just an idiot kid. Like, he can't really right. do that much about it. But it's but really... Yes, he made the honest. attempt. Yeah, he's much like he's much more honest. I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like... Uh, I mean, or put it this way, he's honest in some ways. Like, he's willing to brag about his supposed escapades with Haruko to his buddies, which is, again, a complete flip from Naoto. Remember, Naoto's, like, trying to, like, hide yeah. his hickeys yeah. and all this. He doesn't. He's very embarrassed until very late in the game that he's this uh, secret Lothario. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Ide wants that, but actually, that's the front. Is actually he just wants Hidomi. Like, he just wants somebody who's on the same kind of honest wavelength as him. Um, and but the thing is, like, everybody in there, you know, plays much more of a role, like, than um, just being a, basically that, the you know the yeah, coming like, to relief. For the most part. Well, yeah. It's all like, you know, it's like Nina Mori does have an episode kind of around her, but in the finale, it's just kind of there. Like, she sees this crazy thing going on. Whereas it's like, you know, Ide is intimately involved in it. Uh, even Mori's bicycling Ico up to stop the medical Mechanica iron. Uh, I mean, if anything, the weird thing about this is medical Mechanica almost doesn't have to be in this story. Like, if you wanted to expand stuff, you could have cut that stuff. But I think they kind of get a nice little jab in there about adults on both sides of this game exploiting children in the in their semi-military industrial complex kind of vibe mm. it's really weird like I, I think there's a lot I think there's threads that I, I'm not I haven't even fully figured out how to uh, to pull on and I've been trying to sit here and do that and I think a lot of people just sort of said like well it wasn't weird in the same way that fully Cully was so I'm not going to try and dig Mm-hmm. yeah no, no no you're exactly right you're exactly yeah, right with that because like there's very very good writers who i follow on twitter who seem to be doing this and i'm just like of all the people to not want to at least watch it twice come on yeah Dude, I, no no, no I, I, wanna, totally, I, wanna, I see that too 
I want to watch it more than twice because, you know, the thing is, I, the first time I'm watching it just for the ride. Just for the ride. Now, the second time, I'm just going to go through and, you know, psychoanalyze a lot of stuff and do my analysis like I normally would. Now, I picked up on a lot of stuff on the first go around, but it's still a lot of stuff that I missed, you know. But the thing was, I just wanted to enjoy it for what it was because I wasn't looking for it to be the same beast as the original Fooly Cooly. I mean, you got progressive. I'm talking about you got Fooly Cooly. Then you got progressive. That means that it's progressing towards something else. It's not supposed to be the same exact thing as, you know, the first one. And then you got alternative, which is coming next. So, hey, it's going to be something alternative to um, progressive as well as the original. And people don't really get that. You know, sometimes people forget that you can't have it your way. This is not Burger King. You can't have the same things because the thing is, if it comes into that same trope of being, you know, just this running gag of, you know, being the same thing over and again, it's bland and then, where's the creativity in that? It doesn't make you think. You yeah. can't analyze it. It's like, it's boring and it's repetitive and basically redundant. I'm just going to use all those words together. But the thing is, it becomes redundant and it's not entertaining, so what's the point of me watching it if it's going to be the same thing over again? Yeah. It's the same old story. It's not even I, that, I, but how mad would people be if it was the same? Like they would yeah. just be like, this really was just a cash grab of them not even trying to tell a new story. They're just doing the same thing. But yet yeah. now that it isn't the same thing, it's like they're mad that it wasn't. It, it's yeah. like they're trying I, to play both sides of this. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's a just, cash twenty-two. Damn if you do, damn if you yeah. Don't. Well, if, well, the thing is, Floyd Cooley is the original one is so good that it's got the opposite problem of these reboots of like really like toyetic shit properties. Like I think like you take something like the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic hype, like that worked <laughs> because no one expected it to even be kind of passable. So you throw a couple of talented creatives on it, some good animators who'd cut their teeth on like big Cartoon Network pro properties previously. Hey, like the fact that it wasn't garbage suddenly <laughs> makes it the best thing ever. Fully Cooley, the problem is it's like everybody has their idea of, has had 18 years to think of what the perfect Fully Cooley sequel is. They've thought about what music they would have used from the pillows. Or they thought, oh, man, maybe it wouldn't even use music from pillows. Maybe I license actual, like, alternative rock bands from the 90s. You know, maybe that'd be that next level. Like, people have thought about this for a long time. So there's a subliminal, you, you, there's a lot of people who are set up to fall. I think for me, I, Seeing Alternative first, I think, really helped. Seeing that episode of Alternative and seeing, like, oh, shit. Like, there is absolutely a way that you can... There's a there's a different course thesis than I thought there had been in Fully Cooley. It is not just that what it can say about... What you can say with these parts about a coming of age actually doesn't have... It isn't all in the service of that same Gynax story. You can actually use that in the service of other people's uh, journeys on life that is um that's that's that i think helped me come to a better be in a better position for progressive and i think that's maybe something that some people are missing where it's like they're expecting it's like what's well, like i should be able to easily relate this back to like you know you can easily draw the lines between nauta and shinji you can't between hidomi and no, nauta and i'm all. happy about that that's the I'm, point i'm glad that's why yeah. it was like that, that. that in fact these different if, if there are if there is a thread here it's not this convenient dropping into the same hero's journey role thread there's a new pattern that it's that it seems to have unraveled in terms of the in terms of in terms of like the kind of actions that occur like if it fits on a story circle it's not the obvious story circle that uh so many other stories drop onto and uh that is awesome 
<laughs> the thing is, you can only do the same thing so many times before, you know, it's just like, man, been well, there, like, done that. Well, well, if you're going to keep a bunch of these other aspects, then you have to find other narrative avenues. Like, if you're going to keep Medical Mechanica, you're going to keep Haruko, then your lead character has to have a very different set of issues to resolve. And in doing that, that will impact everything else about the creative work. You're going to make different directorial decisions. You're going to make different decisions about how you're going to use the sidecast as whether the sidecast is simply in, in service of the lead or is, in fact, it's a ensemble cast in harmony with the lead. These all then fall out of that initial choice of saying, I'm not going to do, I, I, if I'm going to keep all these things, I have to do the rest different. Then you have to find new different things that then still fit in harmony with the general idea of a coming of age story with like a crazy lady who wants to eat a bird and the organization that wants to trap the bird. Uh, <laughs> then you have to figure out how the rest of that stuff slots in. <laughs> yes, and that's the great thing about it, though. I yeah. mean, Hidomi was just so different from Nauta. I mean, she was not... She was just really unfeeling in the beginning. Well, but well, eventually well, she started to explore her feelings, though, man. And she, you know, she went from emo to actually being to emote. Yeah. Well, like, if, if Nauta kind of even when he was unsure, went to the fight reaction on things. Hidomi, until really late in the game, froze every time. because And it makes perfect sense with her set of losses, that she would choose not the person who's trying to heroically kill the robot, because, like, that's, you know, that doesn't fit with, like, the kind of problems she they, they imply that she's had in life and her reaction to them so far. Um, and that's the big character evolution is, is she does she learns to fight. Not out is ready to like fuck shit up. Uh, you know, certainly by the end of the series, and that's actually kind of the wrong, you know, like his 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 gung-ho nature and his selfishness was not he needed to learn to dial it back, and that was kind of his his yeah. his takeaway, right? He was just too big for his bridges at the time, trying to be exactly. a grown man, but he's still a boy, like look here, boy. He ain't got enough halves on your nuts to be talking the way you're doing right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Look here. You ain't got enough on your saddle horn right now. Sit on down. Your nuts ain't dropped yet. But apparently, I mean, should we do like a proper recap of that last episode? I, I think, I think <laughs> I there think would be at least a flyby. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we open where we left off on episode five with a clear showdown about to go down between... Uh, uh, Hidomi and Haruko. Yep. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, you have the, the the town slash, I guess, probably interstellar immigration with their secret uh, weapon of an amusement park, which is I still think is delightfully repre uh, re uh, uh, referential to actual Japanese amusement parks and like the doofy things that they will do as gimmicks to try and like drum up business in small towns. It's like, yeah, sure, just turn into a giant robot that fights fights an iron shooting and i'm using air big air quotes here mochi all over the city <laughs> i mean it makes sense like mochi is very sticky and could trap probably a small animal um you, you know, know what i honestly i'm back by the way and i've been did back, you enjoy your dump? Been, yeah. i've had there's been not much i, I couldn't jump in at any point really uh, sorry. sorry it's all right uh <laughs> What I initially thought that, that that mochi was supposed to be symbolizing, as gross as it is, was like acne spray. Wow, that's even worse. What? I could see that. Like, 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 like if you pop a pimple. Yeah. 
And I'm like, all right, yeah, teenage, teenage angst. Yeah, I could kind of, I caught, I could catch that vibe. I was thinking of something else, but please carry well, on. No, we were, we were all thinking of that other thing, and that's okay. Like, okay, as long as I'm not the only just think about the gotcha. white stuff in the middle of the Oreo. Duh. I was thinking of cream filling of you know like those hostess treats, but sure. Hey, okay. there's the cream filling. Um, but uh, yeah, gross. I mean, I also think it was just a, a creative way of having uh, of a town ruining disaster, which then really let them have uh, a denouement, which directly reflects. Um, I mean, when you see uh, some of the temporary uh, stuff that was set up after the 311 quake, you see like similar kind of little setup haphazard cafes. And I thought that was like, oh, man, it's like that's going to fly under the radar of so many people if they don't really like if they're not watching shit like NHK all the time and really kind of, you know, like that's that's a much more Japanese kind of reference than like anything. It doesn't line up with American natural disasters in the same way at all. Um, so it well, was kind of, you know, it's an inter- like there's a lot of little touches there that feel very culturally on point in even in this episode. Are are we definitely saying at this point that we think that this season was also set in Japan? Because I know that that was being debated for a while. I mean, it's still. I mean, here's the thing: is is like on one hand, Japanese middle school students wear clothes, wear wear uniforms usually, and they're clearly in middle school, and nobody's wearing. The only only really uh, Ide is for sure wearing a middle school outfit. Um, Hidungmi maybe on the bubble of that. And they show other people in other classes in that intro sequence wearing middle school stuff. So maybe it's just Haruko's class is a, a, a much more Western Western disaster. Or really, they just really wanted to get that bit with uh, Mori's clothes right out right out in front of the uh, right right from the jump. In spite of the fact they're middle schoolers, um, it is it, it's it with all of the medical mechanica ruins around. It suggests that like there has been multiple of these kind of disastrous events involving them. Uh, Whether or not Haruko's involved with everyone is a question, because if you have shadowy interstellar immigration organizations setting up amusement parks to be used as super weapons against them, maybe sometimes they do that just fine without Mm -hmm. any Haruko around and, and stop and knock medical Mechanica factories off. You'd think they'd be able to stop to do this, but I mean, the thing is, the train station looks super Japanese. The rest of the layout of that town and the the family-run business underneath the the living space is incredibly Japanese. So, like, it's very Japanese in that part of the setting. Yes, it's super weird to see a Chinese or African-style recycling ghetto in the middle of this. But it's if you have a Japan that's suddenly under attack all the time, maybe there's just you know, maybe maybe there's been kind of an upsetting scenario here in terms of of, of 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 the balance of how things had been. Like, I mean, the train station that they do show is really uh, in bad repair, which even the train stations that have been closed in the wake of some of these natural disasters have been replaced with like bus rides, rapid transit lines that have been put in place of the old uh, train tracks. So the fact they don't show that, which is a thing that they actually that actually happens, the fact that it's just decaying infrastructure, there's there's something that they're they've left some stuff off screen to sort of say that things are are different, but it still seems like it's probably Japan. Also, although you know, it's like yeah, like Hidomi, like the Hidomi Cafe is just it's such a Japanese style little cafe. Like I went into a dozen places like that in Takayama alone last time I was in Japan. It's such a classic look. 
I don't know. They will, they'll never say. They don't have yeah. to. Yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> but it's implied, though. It's hmm? just a fictional place, probably. It's certainly not as blatant. Like, Alternatives is definitely Japan. Like, they show, like, a fake, you know, Japanese dollar store, and the replacement for the medical mechanical iron is clearly a giant Japanese department store. Like, it's like, you know, they didn't make it, they, they didn't make that a giant Walmart, which if you were to ever do the equivalent referential, like, that's, I mean, that's sort of one way you can almost, cons- like, the iron is a stand-in for the giant Walmart in the middle of an, an American small town that destroys every local business. Pretty like, much. that's, 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 that's what it's, a, like, if people haven't ever made that connection before, start from there and then work backwards into your childhood. And then you can sort of be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that having worked at a Walmart. (laughs) Dude, it's the Uh, truth, though. You worked for Medical Mechanica. I worked for a Target. It's just a different Medical Mechanica. It's a, it's, 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 I mean, what, what, one that prefers red over blue. Yeah. Well, what's, what, what, what irons out the creases and, and, and if you, there's an iron, you know, if you think about ironing out the creases in someone's mind, it's this bit from the original Fully Clue, which they then, they don't even bother to explain in Progressive, which, Again, it's like, did, did, hey, you want did, you, the did you want? Did you want? Think smooth tagline a lot of ways. True, um, but if you think about that, it's like those kind of giant businesses uh, iron out the wrinkles and little details and little cultural nuance that's in a small town. The same way that that iron was literally setting up to do, right? <sighs> that's what it's a metaphor for. Yes. Exactly. That's yeah. the symbolism. Think about it. Yeah, they no, take they take out the little mom and pops and everything else, you know, that makes that place unique or itself, and then, you know, it's basically uniform at that point. Exactly, it's no longer itself. Yeah, they find out things that they just kind of lifted from the prior season. the The whole concept of overflowing isn't that just literally one moment in the first Hooli Cooli? I think it, they really only they really only have that in the first episode. And it's not even really explained. Um, yeah, it's just kind of there, but I think they realize it's like, okay, that's an that's a that's an no connection thing. They they're the, that they they relate that to the no, and also it's like teenaged angst to the point of. I mean, I if you do, I mean, if you really want to take it in the psychological sense, like, yeah, it's it's jouissance. Like it is it is that conflict, the pleasure to the point of pain, conflict suddenly hitting. Right or at that emo- internal emotional drive where you recognize that your drive is now destroying yourself. Like it's, it's uh, it can fit a dozen different uh, things, and it's it's intentionally it's very useful as a shorthand for other things to show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this attack's going on around town and. Adamus has shown up in the sky and Haruko tries to catch him in no kidding, a giant birdcage. Made out of poorly constructed for what that's worth. Well, yeah, Yeah. it's made out of a roller coaster. Yeah, that was kind of, that was a beautiful piece of animation. That's part of one of these things was like, you're telling me that wasn't sick as fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That that, that piece of it. Oh, this isn't as flashy. I'm like, it's pretty flashy to have, I mean, also just the thinking ahead on that, to think like, okay, we're going to have this amusement park reconfigure into a robot. So we need certain, we want certain bits for this and we'll, we'll gradually set that up. And meanwhile, Haruko, you see her in the previous episode with jump, jumper cables on the amusement park line for some weird reason. So it's like, 
they've they've set that bit up, and then when you see the the bits flying into into a birdcage, that's just mm, delicious. <laughs> I know why the cage bird sings. Yeah. But it fails, and Atomisk's gigantic size, and I think literal gravity at that point, sucks them into, I guess, the interstellar immigration satellite. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, as the town is being subsumed by Mochi, uh, Aiko's looking to bail, and uh, she uh, goes back to the, uh, the house and runs into... Uh, Masaro and Champ Guy, uh, who give her her freedom and uh, her compensated dating money, <laughs> uh, but she decides to be to be nice and take a call from Mori and get the the missing flower pot, which is somehow an No Channel thing, but also some <laughs> other trigger. Like here's the other thing is is like. It's fully cool. Not everything followed in the original show. So don't try and act like this doesn't seem to line up with like shit in the original show didn't necessarily line up around the lore. The lore is there as like fucking window dressing most of the time (laughs) for other actions going on. It's as much as they need for any given time. See, this is the really weird thing about like people's debates about progressive is... On one hand, and, and we may have even had this conversation to some extent already. We didn't like, explain in, enough in that ending. We didn't explain enough in the actual ending of the first one, too. Yeah, there's that. There's There was people, you had people saying that stuff was being delivered too straightforward. I would argue that a lot of the time that is not true. No, there's a whole bunch of stuff that people just missed. Later episodes... Even even episode three, I think most people didn't cotton to the fact that it was a direct, like there was direct referential, it was directly referential back in some ways to Fully Cooly episode three, because it's about somebody lying to advance their perception of self. Like Fully Cooly episode three is about Nina Mori's big lies and stuffing the ballot box, mostly to try and impress Nauta, because everything in Fully Cooly one is in service to Nauta's story. In Fully Cooly Progressive, we have Mori lying to Marco and his friends that he's like, oh, no, I've got a girlfriend. I've got all this stuff. And it turns out to be the same kind of like, I don't have I, I lied about the glasses that I'm wearing and stuffing the ballot box kind of lie that Nina Mori did. Kind of funny that they both have Mori in their names. I know. Right. I didn't even really make that connection before. So there's really? that. Yeah, now, if you didn't make that connection and you're kind of willing to, to take the time to, like, dig in, how many people who are like, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't, you know, like like I said, so much... I feel of, like, like there's a lot of people that tried to write that off as a throwaway beach episode, which so I'm was, like, you're stupid. No. no. It's also yeah. the most... It's it's easily the most Gynex-loving moments in this whole thing. Well, and also... Also, some Gynax like fuck yous too, because Gynax eventually did just make Moe shit shows with like <laughs> characters like Aiko that don't actually have a Sundari side, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> so it's all like there's like I mean, just having that character in there as like just the commentary of having that character in there. It's a little sweet and sour. Her, well, specifically, uh, Gynax. <laughs> well, I no, really, I really didn't expect the heel face turn. I will say that much. You did. Well, no. And, that's no, and no, it's like, I didn't. 
Well, and, and the fact that it was directed at, I mean, like, it's not just directed at Gainax, it's directed at, like, modern otakudom. Like, that wasn't yeah. necessarily quite a trend yet at the time that Fully Coolie was even done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abenobashi starts to, 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 to satirize that. But, like, this is a direct sort of, like, you loser <laughs> fucking otaku of virginal characters uh, fucking do nothing. And meanwhile, actual women so have to, like, make their way in I the world. I love the fact that it's so embarrassing gets a callback to... To her uh, father. <laughs> well, if I can explain what I meant for a second sketch, when I say I wasn't expecting that, ki- like I was expecting there to be something definitely off with the, with the date girlfriend character there, but I wasn't expecting her to just be like some, you know, escort. <laughs> Just saying what she was a hooker, man. I, no, I, maybe I didn't expect her though. to be an escort, but I did expect her to have a totally different personality. Yeah, like she's a friend who was faking it would have been like one thing. The fact that they went full on compensated dating, like very specifically the Japanese, like you're not even sleeping with this person, but you're there to have this person there for image. Like that is a just and then and that the image that that person had. That's not what we agreed to this time. Yeah, no, that like that is. Oh man, like that. It is like I said. There's some there's some jabs in here that I think also. I'm gonna be very curious to see how some of those things like whether people are gonna be like upset in Japan. Like we don't like that. Fuck you. Hey, because <laughs> like, this hasn't hey, aired. Are you upset? Are you upset? Hey, hey. Like there's like there's times there are, there are bits of the show that are doing that, for sure. Uh, in, in prior episodes, and I think even in this episode, the fact that, um, the fact that Hidomi ends up with Ide at the end of this show. Um, is so in contrast to the kind of shows that Gynax off like Gynax didn't set out to create the modern virginal obsessed uh, otakudom that exists in Japan and now unfortunately to some extent in the West as well. Um, this show spits in the face of that. Every woman in this show has like agency and all of them have people they're interested in, which is in very much in contrast to other shows that, um, exist like like so so many so many so many otaku oriented properties that have a female lead then they're like and that person never resolves emotions with anybody bullshit and it completely avoids that and it looks like and and it looks like uh uh, alternative set to do the same thing because clearly i can argue that there could be some u.s influence in that i mean you know if igpx was any indication yeah, it's nice to have. It's nice to have. I'm sh- I'm sure if there was any sort of like move towards that, I'm sure. I, if if anything of the U.S. influence, even if it's not direct, is just like, well, we don't have to make this sell figurines here in Japan. We're square, <laughs> so we don't have to like advertise to that audience. We can blow them off, and that's. I, I mean, having the. I mean, I think. I think progressive and even what we've seen of alternatives so far seem to revel in having the narrative freedom of not having to like stick to the tropes of the genres they're ostensibly condensing like if full if alternative turns out to be what i kind of think it's going to be which is like this compressed version of a slice of life or a yashike uh show which are usually just cute girls doing cute things they already have broken with that by uh having a, a character who loves uh her dr pepper and candy because you you can't have that you can't have that in in Kaon because you can't sell a figurine of that person and like they clearly don't care they want to have real human beings in it and I am a hundred percent there for that and I feel like this show is kind of the same way Hidomi is not meant 
the dummy does not exist to like sell shit. Um, and this is like I can't Except necessarily say that. <laughs> and and honestly, that was something that they almost got in shit for because. Oh, by the way, they do the credit. They do credit that designer in the credits. Yeah, they had. That, yeah, they did. They had. They had. They had Ooh. to do that as if no one had ever thought about it before, even though it was very definitely that guy's design. I'd feel I'd feel better about like I'd I'd feel more sympathetic to that guy if he'd like fulfilled his Kickstarter correctly and hadn't started selling shit in Brookstone before he started fulfilling his Kickstarter orders. Wasn't it so, a girl? <laughs> guy, girl, people, group. No, uh, yeah, beams. Someone. <laughs> Business. Did you just assume gender? <laughs> Beam daddy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. No, so yeah, it's 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 interesting that once they're on that satellite, you, you know, well, the fight go before then, where she's like, "I'm going to take it." Like that's the first time we really see uh, Hidomi a hundred percent in control of a situation in terms of or trying to take control of a situation. She's like, "Fuck you! I'll fight you for this." And it's such a, you know, that's that right there. You're already like, "Ah, oh, she's growing. She's gotten past some of this." Like, you know, so this uh, is the true power thanks. of a middle school student. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then yeah, they end up on that satellite, and they have Conti back, but who's also seems to have end up with both Ide and Atomisks being in him, which is completely within line of how shit works on Fully Coley, because it's mm-hmm. literally that's what happened with Nauta. Is for a while it was Nauta and Atomisk and Conti, and then Nauta jumps out of there with Conti because that's in his service to his goals, trying to be with Haruko. And then, you know, whatever, he's Conti's fucking, you know, he seems to be an unlimited god here. Of course, nobody's going to get the get the cuffs on him. End of story in this case. Well, <laughs> you know, they try. You get that little old lady that's just like there. And <laughs> yeah, do we know? Like, I feel like she's just some random. I don't even. I mean, she's voiced by Barbara like... Goodson, but. There might be some indication of who she might be based on yeah. the, the conversation that she has with Eyepatch. Yeah. And I you don't look know. so I... much like your father. Um, you know, it's like, well, is that grandma? Is that, you know, it's, we don't. I, here's the other thing, though, is it's like the characters here who don't have a reason to have any definition definitely don't. Like, like it, relative, I, I know this might sound completely. a little crazy, but what if she's like, the tan chick from from I the mean, organization. It's could be well, then, but then but the, could be. I mean, but then we would definitely then we would be saying, okay, uh, Amaro scored, had a child, but not with the one woman that seemed to be anywhere near him, <laughs> though who had no interest in him whatsoever. Because <laughs> when she drank like a little bit of the same soda, she wanted to vomit. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's here's a thought. If I'm recalling correctly, she was uh, feeding a small Conti head uh, in a similar way to uh, Mamimi. Yeah, what's her name? Amajima Mamimi could have been Mamimi. That would be weird. It's like she was a photographer who went on to run in space. <laughs> went on to work in 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 space interstellar immigration. I think they left some of that stuff specifically vague, if only to leave. Like I said, I'm surprised that they didn't 
that they that they kind of defined Haruko as much as they did this time around, though it really does help act as a mirror to Hidomi's arc. Hidomi gets over this kind of like death drive, you know, endless journey thing and uh, or impossible journey thing. Meanwhile, Haruko's like, that's what I do. And I can't even accept that about myself. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. like the fact that they gave Haruko that much definition surprises me because it does sort of, you know, so I can see where they specifically wanted to avoid too many direct references or having returning characters uh, from the original show, if only to like, as a sop to like, hopefully get Suramaki to eventually do like fully Kali for after he's done with guy with Ava. (laughs) Uh, In some interview, they said that two of the characters from fully Kali original Mm. got married Mm -hmm. and I don't know if they're even present in this. Yeah. But there's theories going that alternative is either a like an alternative telling of mm-hmm. this kind of story or it might even be a prequel. So Yeah. Eh. <laughs> well, we'll find out. I, I mean, well, well we I mean it's, it's tough it's tough to say prequel by the technology, but we can always hand wave that cuz it's like they don't show Oh, that's right, because they have smartphones. and They have smartphones, so... Uh, Maybe a mid-quill. Actually, that would, I would not be shocked. It uh, is, in it, fact, being released in Japan first. Yeah. That's kind of interesting right there, and you think about it, that they kind of flipped that around. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's because this one is a little bit more mainstream friendly i'm gonna say you can at least like i feel like it's a little you know like the fact that it is the the, the genre it seems to be circling is slice of life Yashike, that's definitely more popular in japan currently there's a lot in that vibe mm-hmm. um and those vibes you know will penetrate shows that are ostensibly about all sorts of different things it's all like there's that show about the divers that's very Yashike and his vibe right you know it's like that's all over the place you can set anything with that kind of general healing <laughs> Oh man! The first time I watched Free, I was like, "I love Free because it's like those girls' shows. Only they're all guys." Oh, I wasn't even talking about Free. I was talking about like literally the one about the people who are diving. Yeah. Uh, What's it called? Oh, oh, you were talking about uh, uh, I'm a uh, the one with the 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 one the the one where the the green hair girl gets gets all gets all the great yeah gets all the great uh, yeah uh, character expression. What is he? Amachu. Something yeah, like a Manchu. That's what it is, Manchu. I think. Yeah. But yeah, but it's seriously, a, when I saw Free, I was like, "Oh, and that's the doting mother one." Yeah. No, it's what it you know, it's what it is. Well, I mean, there, and the thing is, like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of that now. It's like that whole. Yeah. Uh, there's that show with the the, the magical boy show, uh, oh, yes. Love High Story. Like it's that like that's the same sort of character tropes and stuff. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value in. Because that's such a popular genre, there's a huge angle in Fully Kali saying, okay, these are ostensibly people who are teenagers in there, right as they're about to like come to adulthood, and none of these people seem like realistic teenagers, and there's a just there's there's just <laughs> meat left untouched in, in for alternative to say like, but what if they were real and Haruko and Medical Mechanica and all that crazy shit was there? Wow, like that's and we're going to do this in six episodes, not thirteen. Yeah, no, it's it, that, that's going to land. Um, if people, I mean, again, if, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if people just end up like liking alternative better because they've reset their expectations, and it has nothing to do with actual quality. I mean, very yeah. like, and that will become apparent in 
in critiques. It'll be very interesting to, to, to sort of keep an eye out for that. And I think any, any of you out there listening, like keep an eye out for critics who are simply lighter on alternative because they didn't come in, you know, they've already had their expectations reset by progressive and maybe they're expect, or maybe they've had time to understand that the expectations they went into progressive were actually incorrect, or they had a misunderstanding of fully Cooley's general, uh, thesis that, uh, progressive did actually get but they didn't get the progressive got it like yeah, yeah. it's kind of i don't know it's kind of an interesting that does mess. seem I, like something that will happen though yeah. i also recall many people that saw the uh the the japanese version of the first episode of alternative already kind of being fairly warm to it and like well this is different but not bad i think it was an easier different in some ways too yeah. Like, I think it's when you're taking, oh, we're not even going to show the, that we're, you know, we're not even going to have the, uh, the iron here. We're going to make, yeah. we're going to use a wholly, wholly different, uh, uh, metaphor for that. And a metaphor that they may not even have yet gotten to, like, they may not even get it's like, yeah, if you're making that stuff look like a giant Japanese department store, like that's the real life version of the iron guys. Like that's the, that's, that's the, the that saves, serves the same narrative purpose. Um, so I think that you know, like that's and that makes it a little easier. I think it's it feels like it leans into uh, the narrative end capping behavior that Naota had in the original series a bit more. Like they're using some of the certain parts of the narrative structure to make it easier for people to get into. Whereas like uh, Progressive really liked, really had a lot of fun with these like insane dream sequences and, and, oh, yeah, and going yeah. to the point where you're even getting people doing like uh, oil paint animation. Uh, like was done for the uh, like was like was done throughout uh, Mob 100 Psycho uh, or Mob Psycho 100s. Like when you're doing those, when you're making those kind of like artistic decisions, and you're going to just really lean more into visual storytelling and not a character that doesn't have this like constant inner dialogue that you have access to. Like one, it leans into this thing where it's like Hidomi is not the only character of note or with an arc in this show. So you can't have just her inner dialogue because then you're going to lean it back into being her story alone. But two, then that means that you're telling this, like there's, like I said, there's knock on directorial decisions that then people are mis might be misinterpreting. as like, well, they did it wrong. I'm like, well, no, you're doing it right for the kind of setting that you have here and the kind of stories you're trying to go through here. And if your de key debate is, is like, well, not fully coolly always has to be handled with an inner narrative and all this stuff. And like, well, then you just, you're going to, you're boxing it in too much. And clearly there's, that's not everybody's like conflict and not how everybody handles their conflicts. If nothing else, you can't have everybody, even if it's a different problem, you still can't have them result it, resolve it the same way now to did. Then it's boring. <laughs> yeah. You need to kind of build these things in different ways. Um, so Yeah. They get out of the. They get out of the. Uh, well, before this. that, uh, when when Aiko finds the plants with Mori, and they bump into Hidomi's mother for reasons, and because she was because she was looking Hidomi. for Hidomi, and, you know, and the only yeah. place where she would clearly be at the end of the world with her boyfriend. Uh, it's not her boyfriend yet, but you know what? Yeah, it's close. They had close an understanding. Enough. They she, had it. They clearly. They clearly had an understanding by the end of episode two. Just like the end of episode two, the second you're like, somebody's like, you look terrible, and you're and you're laughing. It's like, that's chemistry. Yeah. Done. Exactly. Dude, you know how many ass whoopings he took just for her, man? How many times he got injured, but he know me, man? I'm yeah. like, Ide, you the man, man. Yeah. No, he was he was down. He 100%. Was down. 
Dude, I don't even think I took that. Ooh. All right, so you weren't here to talk about the the previous episode where the big showdown between Ide and Haruko occurs, but I got to get your thoughts on that whole exchange. Well, I think the fact that he sucked so bad at it was, like, really authentic. Like, it's, again, this yeah. deconstruction of the original, like, why wasn't that an amazing fight? So, like, because he doesn't have, he didn't eat a, he didn't eat a fucking, back. you know, <laughs> back. Um, so you're like, why isn't, the, why isn't the fight in episode five between Haruko and, and, and Ide-ish set piece? Why is he getting his ass handed to him? It's like, Ide hasn't eaten a god currently, so that uh, affects things. Yeah. Um, People Ide does not times where they don't do that. He's Ide, just, Ide, he's just Ide, a uh, Ide's brother isn't like a fucking uh, baseball god. Ide's brother isn't uh, Ichiro, so he doesn't learn how to swing a bat. <laughs> um, you know, like there's a bunch yeah. of reasons. Like Ide, re- Ide is the realistic result of of somebody trying to square up against Haruko. Yeah, like somebody exactly. who isn't like an, expectation a, 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 versus reality. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, like, like yes. that, like why is the music mixed low in that scene? It's like because he's not Nauta. He doesn't actually rock. It's fine. He's a, he, like, like Ide is the realistic, is the is an embodiment of part of the realistic set of endings that Hidomi should be looking for, rather than I lust for death. Like she needs to get like her getting over that is to ah oh, I can lust for this guy. And he's yes. like, well, that's lame. You're telling people to like aim low. I'm like, no, she's she currently she currently wants zero because she thinks she's at negative. Aiming for Ide is aiming for positive. In fact, <laughs> these that is coming up over that hump and not one rather than saying my life sucks. It's a very negative. So I want destruction. I want zero. She actually understands that one zero doesn't mean is still doesn't mean that there isn't a future beyond that. You don't have to want anything more than that right now. And the thing is, zero still means still means that you maybe have people in your life, right? Like, oh, I, I've, I've had all this lost. I can only come up to this kind of, like, middle-tier baseline. It's so, like, well, that middle-tier baseline, it's middle, right? There's other people involved in that at that point. It isn't mm-hmm. destruction. Like, that's how, how she resolved. Like, that's the resolution here in her arc. Um, so, I mean, similar, but so, so, so towards that end. So Ide has that whole thing, and then, you know, she sees, you know, Hidomi sees her, uh, Ide pinned by Haruko. And, uh, you know, like I, you know, you can kind of read that as almost like she, at that point, her NO conflict literally sucks his soul up. So it's like a literal man eater moment. And it's that kind of, it's like almost a metaphysical version of like acting out. It's like, she's doing something that she doesn't want to do a negative thing to somebody that she likes because she has literally no control over it. She has literally no control over that impulse. Um, the fact that that then connects it back to the rest of the NO stuff. So that eventually, you know, he floats away and then can the souls can reunite. So it's like, she's got technically half of Ide in her at that point. That's part of why she shows up wearing Ide's jacket, uh, at the square off in episode six. And, mm-hmm. uh, why Ide, it also sets up Ide getting his jacket back, of course, um, after she, you know, uh, basically in kissing, uh, Conti. So essentially, you know, her kiss puts stuff back into Conti. Uh, Hardikos was taking, uh, Atomisk out. Uh, Conti still doesn't want to have somebody in him, so barfs out uh, Ide, now intact again. Um, you know, yeah, that's sort of, and, that, and that fits into just like general, like table stakes, death, rebirth type shit. Like, and that's the kind of thing, like, that was heavily, like, like that kind of stuff is heavily leaned into in other, in like Gynax works. Gynax loves a savior metaphor and all that shit. That's, 
that's the amazing thing here. It's just tertiary. It just happens in the background, like all the other stuff about E Day that was a direct directly related to Nauta that just happens in the background, right? It's kind of specifically sidelining. It's like you guys know this. You've see, you've seen it done multiple times over. This is old. It's throughout Western literature. It's throughout Eastern literature. Here's something different. Here's something new that we can tell alongside that and we can use to simultaneously, you know, we're trying to get you to compare and contrast these things. Damn it. <laughs> you know, if there's anything about, like, Hidomi that you would then tie into in terms of that is, is like, what if we told the story of Osiris, but instead of it being more about Osiris and how Osiris was killed by his brother and then uh, Isis puts him back together and then Osiris is God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. What if we really just focus on Isis's journey about reassembling the person that she wants? Well, that's immediately there, parallel from this thousand, you know, ancient Egyptian parable now paralleled in Hidomi's arc in just basically episodes five and six. Because she puts Ide back together after having, after essentially a set of events that tears him apart. Mm -hmm. Fuck. I mean, this is, you know, like I said, there's so much meat on this. We could go on it forever. And that's the problem is, is like, we have 18 years of doing that with Fully Cooley. We've had a week and a half of a chance to do that with Progressive. Come on. You can't, you can't tell me we've broken this thing down for real and people yet. are already like, Ugh, why are they rerunning this immediately? You guys need to. Because unless you were like me and like rewatching it the night of, because it's on DVR, and then rewatching it again before you're writing off because I got called hey guys, out. Guys, guess fucking... what happened when they played Fooly Cooly the first time? They replayed it. Many, they, many times in a row. Well, yeah. well, I mean, the other thing is, is like when they bought Fully Cooley, the whole point of, you know, like there's a reason we, why, why do you make more Fully Cooley? Well, it's like you had something that you, six episodes, a mere six episodes that you could run for 15 years, essentially on and off. What the fuck else is there like on television that you can even do that with? That's so Not short much. that you can rerun forever. Like this is like, even, even like, British sitcoms and they're the masters of the six episode form don't get rerun on PBS as much as fully Cooley has been rerun on adult swim. <laughs> this is unusual. Of course you're going to try, but if you're going to try, you need to have something that needs the same 18 years or whatever of contextualization to start to unpack. So, you know, like anybody's like, why are you rerunning it again? It's like, cause you, cause some of you clearly need to watch it again. Cause you didn't already. I mean, the obvious reason is because they spent a lot of money, money and yeah, they want to get returns. Like, and there's another season that'll start in about seven weeks. Yeah. So it's time, Phil. Yeah. Also, oh, I, what I'm wondering at this point is, I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, they shouldn't be rerunning it as early in the block as they are. I'm wondering if it even matters at this point. I kind of no. think it doesn't. Also, of what we've seen of oh gosh ratings, um, it didn't do significantly worse than the finale. Can on we the please first spare, spare me with with this talk, please, <laughs> yeah. please? I beg. That's of all you. I wanted to say. Okay. It's like please. people are like, oh, it's gonna be a disaster. I don't no, think it actually is, guys. Also, oh. something that doesn't seem to be a disaster: the immediate rerun within Pop Team Epic. It's yeah, it's fine. It's doing fine. <laughs> No, it's it's oh, and like I said, like it's this is something that you need. It, it needs it in terms of it's like, if it's going to ever have a chance of having the same sort of media pantheon access, people need to rewatch it and think about it. Yeah, if like, you only like play I said, it like, once, 
what was the point? No. Well, it's also just like that's not how Fully Coley works. Like even before Fully, even before Fully Coley ever aired on television, every last person I ever spoke to about it, whether it was an established seasoned media critic like Kyle Pope or there's just a random anime fan, anybody who I ever ran into who had already seen Fully Coley was like, you're gonna have to watch this thing at least twice back to back to start to make sense of it. And I think that still applies here. Like, how many people here caught that at the end of uh, episode six? That number board that you see counting down to zero was the same thing that was on the tickets that uh, Ide had for the museum. Oh. Uh, yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was didn't, paying attention. Like I, I said, I, I didn't either until I, I didn't either until I'd watched it three times. I so there you the go. Second. I caught on the second call. You know me and you. We we on pretty much on the same page with yeah. this stuff. Like, but I mean, like that's I mean that's the kind of thing where it's like it's it's a narratively dense work. You know, I mean, there's just that just that whole resolution. So it's like we get to the thing. Ide's barf back up, and 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 Adamesca's barf back up, and Haruko's really gonna really gonna get him this time. That whole interplay is just really it's just it's just a dialogue on wanting impossible goals. You know, it's just it's just about jouissance and drive. Like that's all it is uh, at its core, and it's very different to like how Fully Kalu treated those things. Fully Kalu is like it's it's just really considered. It's just really geared around coming of age stuff. It's not terribly psychological necessarily, especially for for Haruko, who's kind of like this manic pixie dream goddess shit, who doesn't you know we don't get a lot of her motivation, and she's very human for a moment. Which is weird because she's, you know, she's she's at her closest to being atomist when she is just this inscrutable, pan-like figure who literally, you know, drops in Zeus style, impregnating people with monsters. Like, you know, she's a Greek god as it stands, but that's not enough for her. No, <laughs> and he only calls her out though. She's like, yeah, you're no. just a girl in love, yeah, and that's no, basically what it is. Yeah, no, and that's a, that's a, it's a very much a rending of the mythology that Fully Coley tries to like, you know, in a, in a mythology that makes perfect sense for a story that's basically told from the perspective of a 12 year old boy. Like you can't, if Nauta really is a kid, he can't understand that about Haruko at 12. No, no. like that can't come from that perspective. It has to come from Hidomi at 14 that you could start. And, 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 and a reason it has to be a dummy is it cannot be a perfect 14. It has to be a 14 that's seen some, some loss and does and is and is deeply broken yeah. by it. Yeah. Yeah. You need somebody like, you know, it's the kind of, and again, that's sort of these thing where it's like, you know, there's, you know, I've saw some things where it's like, maybe those th- stories would have landed better. Um, you know, if it would be, if you'd had, uh, different directors and writers, I'm like, mm, maybe, but I think the general point of what they're trying to, to do here it wasn't necessarily about being the best story about a woman's coming of age. And, I, and it, it, it isn't, isn't necessarily. There's plenty of better ones in anime, uh, easily. I think as functioning as a commentary, as a counterpoint to the events in the original Fully Coley, it does a very good job of like recontextualizing and demystifying some of that stuff. Um, while pr- producing, it's like, well, then if these people aren't this, then what is actually driving them as individuals? And specifically in the case of Haruko. You're well, then, of Haruko. If, if, if she, you know, if Haruko isn't, isn't a god, isn't this yeah. sort of beyond reality character, if she's a person, well, then what drives a person to be like her? 
they got they kind of I think they did a really good job of breaking that down. She doesn't have to come to terms with that yet. I don't think that's for any writer other than Suramaki to parse, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he never does that, that's fine. We, we Haruko, because of that narrative constraint, will never come to terms with it. But I think figuring out what that means is not necessarily any writer who's kind of playing in the in the fully cully pool to, to sort out. So Haruko's obsession watch, with watch, Adamesque, watch. he's it's always been really about power. So when she breaks down weeping and like, why won't you accept me? Do you feel that's out of character for her arc thus far? Or do you feel like that is the logical conclusion that eventually she'll just be like, I don't understand why you won't accept me. Well, I mean, it's the kind of, it is, like I said, part of this is about toxic want. It's, it's that want to the point where the drive where the obsession over it itself becomes its own perverse pleasure. And she don't cop to that. Like, Jinyu cops to that. Jinyu realizes, like, me wanting to constantly chase Adamisk is effed up, but I understand that and I'm okay with that. That's the kind of a cognitive behavioral therapy thing of accepting of self, almost, of like, I can't change this. It's not good, but it is. it exists. It's real. Haruko is denying to some extent that that's there. So it's like, I want power. I want this. I want that. And she really doesn't want to admit it's like, I want this person. And the fact I can't get that is also still kind of fine because I'm willing to chase it forever. So like that, you know, she doesn't want like it, it fits in terms of an emotional conflict that, I mean, the fact that you see her split again into Haruko and Jinyu that, mm-hmm. you know, there is a side of her that accepts Atomisk's nature, which is this is amazing and shouldn't be ever imprisoned by Haruko or Medical Mechanica. But then there's the part of Haruko that like wants the impossible thing. Um, you know, it's like it's phrased as, well, you're just a girl in love. It's like, well, that's an abs like that's one kind of this kind of, you know, negative feedback loop of desire that can occur. Like that's one kind of it. Is this the kind of hyper obsession? But it plays into like it plays into other other obsessive behaviors. So it you know it's like I don't think that's out of character for the person who wants this thing that's impossible to break down and cry. Um, I think it's actually uh, again, it's kind of it's not easy. It's like it's 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 so much more of a not narratively convenient, but actually accurate, maybe psychologically accurate kind of vibe. Like it's really uh, it's really weird in that way. To me because i'm like yeah but no that fits like it's like the people who want something that they can't have like will totally lose their well you know it's not just anger it is also sadness uh for sure and well, you know why won't you accept me why can't i have this like i'm like that it's i don't know it, it's insanity man no it, no it just it just it just felt especially because i mean if you consider it's like she always says she's like 16 or 17 and i'm like well yeah she's like an an an, an, an emotionally stunted teenager who's the, who's had that same emotionally stunted teenager want like it's that like you know she is toxically narcissistic and will fucking use people however and predate however just to like get what she wants she'll show a fucking 14 year old porn in class because she's hoping to get a reaction out of her that she can then use to summon her god boyfriend she will fucking hit a 12 year old in the head and fucking hit on that 12 year old because she wants to summon her god boyfriend. She is fucking single. Don't forget about her gaslighting. Yeah, and gaslight people, all this other shit. She has no problems doing all sorts of 
stuff towards this end. But anybody who's got that much fucking emotionally invested in that is going to break down when they can't get it. Because they're going to be like, I have done, you know, if they have an ounce of morality and like, I have done fucking despicable shit towards the ends of this goal and I still can't get it, that's murder. <laughs> that's, man, that is like, you know, that makes you, like, I, I can understand where that's going to make a person cry and lash out. You know, like I felt that was actually far from being out of character. I'm like, no, like start to break down like what you've seen her do for 12 episodes and certainly the last six where you've seen that contextualized for what it is. You know, not not the semi-romanticized eyes of a uh, of an elementary school crush, but from the uh, junior high crush understanding like, whoa, wait a second, I am maybe headed for this kind of fucked up neurotic obsessiveness a different kind <laughs> but the same kind of thing like Hidomi's it's a teenage it, love well Hidomi was in this thing where it's like I want nothing I want nothing I want nothing and just but I lust for death and that that it's not realistic it's as, just as unrealistic as 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 Haruko's wants but she understands she learns that she learns that that's and that and that what that unrealistic want isn't something to to neither be ashamed of or let drive her life and, you know, she comes to to some sense of acceptance of like, you know, I don't want to be anything, not I want to be nothing and I want zero. It's a very different start. You know, it's like you've come full circle having learned something. Haruko doesn't learn. No. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and like I said, almost... Hidomi I mean, accepts her reality. She accepts that her father's not going to be there, but she can keep on living. They can keep on doing the cafe together. They can... Exactly. She can, she can, it's okay for her to like a boy. Yeah. She can, you know, she doesn't, she's like her, the accepting of another man in her life is not the rejection or closing off of the fact that her father, you know, that won't make, it's that, that's a, that will, no, that is a discreet event that in no way will impact whether her dad will come back. Yeah. There's an understanding of that. that that's a separate issue. And that, you know what? I just saw the world end. I just saw my fucking cafe get destroyed. Nothing, you, you know, who didn't show up at the end of the fucking show? Her dad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what, what she, she even I mean in the strict sense she even got what she wanted. Oh, look at how because I mean you, I mean one thing with emoji is is that it echoes the the usage of whites in the first um, dream sequence and in the other dream sequences as well. So this thing happens. This this all goes down. Um, makes you wonder if the usage of white the other stream sequence was you're using white here for the same reasons you're using white with mochi, but that's a whole different thing to unpack. The thing and the is, old man it. says it was not yeah. for any reason at all. Yeah. No, I think I, I mean, uh, oh, oh, why Adamus shows up? Adamus shows yeah. up because Adamus shows up. That's yeah. why not. Um, no, it's, it seemed like it seemed like the, the, the fact that Adamus turned out was almost tertiary to the fact that like um, the 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 amusement park was ready of uh, was ready to square up against the iron. That was that that was going to happen either way. Apparently they were going to lose no matter what. <laughs> Good that other things were going down because they're little. I mean, I actually got to say it was kind of cute that the. Um, it's weird that like fully cool progressive manages to be like more woke and like a three second throwaway gag than the entirety of Darling of the Franks. <laughs> in terms of pairing up couples of various combinations and mis uh, love misunderstandings of various combinations. Just, just, just saying. I'll have to get back to you on that one. Morgan got saying. the girl. 
Yep. Well, you got the girl, but the fact yep. of the matter is, is some there's there's some guys who got some guys in the in, in terms of what was happening at the amusement park. You know. Oh much yeah, more... there was that. When that when sequence first happened, I wasn't entirely sure if it was happening in the show or if it was like something somebody was watching. <laughs> no, that was that was that happened in the amusement park, yep, which that, I thought that you know, happened in the amusement park, and that was pretty. Well, great. It's, it's just the idea that they like you have various forces attempting to exploit the youth and their emotional uh, needs in the service of their own ends is like the most like. S- low key but clearly semi like fuck the military industrial complex fuck capitalism kind of an undertone there like it's a little it's a little tinge of that like sitting underneath beneath the surface and again they didn't have to say anything they just showed it and i think that might have been like fully cool would often do little quick flashback recaps and they do that actually in progressive like they show marco getting hit in the head so they do an no transfer just like they had happen with uh, Nina Mori and, and Nauta's episode, right? Where they hit, they bump heads, so that's why Nina Mori ends up with the monster. They bump heads, that's why Marco ends up with the the giant uh, bamboo monster, which I thought was just like, I mean, that's a set piece. Like, <laughs> this episode four does well with that. Um, you know, but again, like the fact that Marco is being used by interstellar navigation to uh, be inside of the robot. Yeah thing uh Iko is apparently just there to die and then be reborn to stop the iron <laughs> like i don't know it's all it, weird yeah i don't even think that's necessarily all weird like i'm just saying it's like it seems really interesting that adults consistently just seem to exploit children throughout mm-hmm. this show it seems to have a very negative view of that um mm-hmm. in a way that i mean in, 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 in a sense in a way that perfectly echoes like uh the original fully coolie it certainly echoes other gynax works like that's a big theme in evangelion but they managed to do that for more than just the lead character in a very which fully coolie uh, original didn't necessarily do as well as progressive frankly frankly does a mu- progressive does a much better job of sh- of making everybody do shit you know even maury's fucking slogging his way up the hill on his bike <laughs> to try and get people there Everybody, everybody contributes a lot more in this, and I think that's kind of uh, to its. I mean, especially considering that you're dealing with TV running length times, not OVA running length times. To its credit. Yeah, yeah. If, I don't know. If, if anything, certain things might have been able to be fleshed out more if they had more runtime. I'm going to be very curious to see if the Japanese version of this, which apparently is running in theaters. Yeah, or something like that. Whether they yeah, as movies, whether they have some more connected connective material between these, or whether they just kind of flow like a film, in which case that may also. I mean, it's another thing. It's like I want to see this as a movie and see if it like if that lands differently. I think the dream sequence come... starting off most of the episodes works to its benefit there because it's kind of like an you woke easy up. transition. Yeah, it's well. I mean, that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. It's like if, if you're going to run this thing like a movie. Oh well, this thing happened, and then she sleeps. And we're back again. It's like Sleeping Princess, how yeah. she falls into the dream sequences, and then it moves things along. Yeah. No, and then and then and again, then some of these weird, weird directorial decisions. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny. It's like that. What what seems like a weird directorial choice becomes like, oh yeah, you would. That's how you're going to make this shit work without redoing it. <laughs> Right. 
But yeah, no, I I shouldn't have said that I wanted to write a bunch about it on Twitter yeah, to Jason Marcy's face. You always got to be careful when you do things like that. <laughs> it was a poor decision. The DeMarco <laughs> called you out, so now you got to do it, and I definitely laughed at you. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Better you than me, brother. Better than you Well, than me. whatever. I, I think I've written enough on it. No, uh, probably, but I'm looking probably, forward to it. No, I mean, it's like I've I've got kind of like I think I've got a good draft of it. I might even throw it at you, Darrell, just so you can give it a, a once over. But oh, I'm, but, I'm honored, man. Seriously, I am. But uh, no, it's like it's 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 a I don't know. Like I said, it just seems like it, I, I felt it really landed. And the, the other thing that surprised me is like when I went to go back to start to rewatch it to, to, to write about it, uh, I watched that opening sequence again of the first episode. And I was like, no, this gives me the exact same chills again. Like, if this show was bad, I don't think it. If I'd if I'd come off of it and I wasn't sold on it, like I'd be watching that first sequence again, being like, "This is where they started to fuck up." I'm like, "Nope, nope." It's perfectly. I mean, you know, it's like that first dream sequence, man. It just kind of makes you think about dream um, analysis and everything, man. You know, oh, yeah. kind of. I was just like, you know, because you know, with Freud, you know, dream recollection, man. You only remember so much, if anything, when you wake mm-hmm. up especially mm-hmm. from a dream and trying to recall it is very hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just leads into a whole bunch of other things from a different perspective though. There are so, definitely people that felt like, Oh, by showing her transforming into the robot in that first dream sequence, they, they gave away too much. I it doesn't give don't you anything. really think so. It doesn't give I mean, you anything. You, I mean, it's you so know it's coming, that but that's, I, I don't even think it necessarily gave away kind of what they thought even necessarily like to me okay so she turns into that but i'm like that dream sequence didn't wasn't really so much in the service of that it's like that's where they established a whole bunch of other shit that was way more important about her character that was almost a little bit man just a little bit yeah well it's also just that was almost like i mean to to an extent that was almost a little bit of fan service because they knew that they weren't going to deliver that anything like that necessarily in that like you, they, you weren't going to get that kind of beat in the first episode otherwise otherwise no, you, you, have... you weren't going to get that stunning battle animation in that yeah first no episode. i mean like the original the original fully like the first fully clear episode opens really slow and then haruko shows up and then things start to gradually unravel um and then you have this whole you know, back and forth between Naoto and Mimi and the reveal and then robot fight. So it kind of hits this, like I said, it hits a very normal set of beats. When you start to look at the flow of things from this is going to eventually be run as a film, you don't want to necessarily have like, you know, you then have to consider it like a complete work, which means maybe you've got to throw a bit of a beat at the beginning. you got to give a little, little teaser. Little you run hunch. through so that you can do a real proper setup and then you can start to bring, bring these other parts, parts together. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, like I said, I, I going like going back through it already. I'm just like, no, this is it's good, and like, I don't think it's just good because it did something different. I think it's because it landed those different parts. I think if it had tried to like get at these themes but just didn't quite develop them, I'd be choked. I'd be like, you tried to do something different, you couldn't even land it. You probably would have been better off just like aping the original show. Mm-hmm. They did a way different thing and made it work within the context of the same roles of the original show. By rules, I mean sort of the ethics of a coming-of-age story with these kind of visual metaphors in play. 
uh, and found new things to say with those parts. That's pretty cool work. My book. Yeah. Uh, More to add. How can we add anything after that? Holy crap. I, <laughs> I know, wish right? I could. I wish I could. I wish I loved My Hero Academia as much as this. Holy <laughs> crap. That's amazing. That's yeah. absolutely amazing. So I'm gonna see if there's any other you... good part I'm gonna see if there's any other good parts here from the from the uh from what I've written so far that I maybe missed out on. I, I think <laughs> I think Joe has something to say. Joe, go in. Well, first of all, I was going to get on CJ's case and say, so you're saying you liked Fully Coolly Progressive more than My Hero Academia? No, I'm saying I wish I loved anything as much as clearly someone does a Fully Coolly and not it's even uh, My Hero Academia, which is my favorite thing. Uh, I couldn't even do anything that, like that. Um, my, my, like, blanket feelings on this show and its new seasons in general are... Essentially this. I feel like pretty much anyone, unless they had, like, never heard or seen the original until, like, really recently, pretty much set themselves up to be... They, they, they weren't going to be satisfied with however the show ended up being. Because either... They were going to want it to potentially answer some stuff that never really was clarified from the first season. Or they were going to want it to be... Uh, well, you said how much time has passed between the original and now? I, I think 18 years. years. I think 18 years, because I think the first OVA volume dropped in 2000. Yeah. I feel like it's just one of those things where... It's been out for so long that everyone probably wanted something different out of it, and there was yeah no way also... that most people were going to get what they wanted. I think it's also something people wanted something from, too. It's like it's very uh -huh. easy uh, for some things to be revisited. Like, I think doing Cobra Kai as a oh, reboot geez. sequel to uh, Karate Kid is easy because Karate Kid know what it was like spending like the last 30 years being like, I wonder what happened to the kids from, you know, like that's, that's not realistic at all. I mean, there has been some recent narrative um, exploration of like, no, actually the one kid was the good, good guy in that. And, you know, other kids a jerk and like, okay, a little bit of back and forth and lets you, have, you know, there's enough to play with there that you can kind of do an interesting direct sequel. Um, I think so many reboots and uh, and belated sequels have trouble because, yeah, often they are of things that people really, 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 really care about and really, really enjoy. And yeah, you're right. People have built expectations around them and, and uh, have had also the opportunity to maybe not actually get what made them special for most of their adult life. And if something manages to come at that from a new perspective that's going to be disastrous. Like they're just going to have a hard time with it. Um, but I think if nothing else, it's like this, you can't say that, the, you know, like I saw um, somebody on Twitter being like, this is like Jurassic. Uh, this was like the lost, lost world compared to Jurassic park. And I'm like, no, don't, don't even, don't even try that comparison. Um, because I don't think that's like, that's not fair to progressive at all. Um, I still like my uh, force awakens comparison. <laughs> I think that actually probably is, 
pr- it's probably pretty close to that. Is is they they took a look at what uh, actually I'll say it, it works in a lot of ways because Force Awakens tries to avoid what Star Wars was built on, which is the 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 Campbellian monomyth and the you know the 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 legendary hero of of born of secretly of noble blood and yada fuck and all that stuff. And I mean it's it is it is an arc that's everywhere and it's an arc that drives many works that are hyper beloved of all things it is not the only arc that needs to exist in literature you can map most literature back to that arc but that's only because most things have a beginning middle and end um and you know not always even all not even all art has to do that in that order um as we gradually became comfortable with in the west thanks to uh people like uh tarantino like we can also understand that those don't have to even happen in that order but these are the parts that are there um those aren't the only those don't always have to be about like a like that doesn't like it doesn't always have to have the hero doesn't always have to be like Luke Skywalker as we originally conceive him. He doesn't have to always be. And Nauta is a Luke Skywalker type figure. He has magic, has secret powers that he doesn't even realize. And he gets the girl and all this shit, right? Or he doesn't. I mean, he does and he doesn't, right? Like he does and he doesn't. But you don't have to. And he but, kisses his housekeeper instead of a secret. Yeah. But his but his, but his housekeeper is like a surrogate mother, so it's still an Oedipal complex thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> like <laughs> keeping it hundred percent messy here. Um, no, like no, but I mean, I, well, you know, that's the whole point is is that like if anything, there's a whole bunch of the tropes that like Gynax leans into, if only because they were the things that helped Anno work through shit in Evangelion. That it then echoes into, well, Suramaki's like, fuck you, I can do that in six and fully coolly. And then they're like, we can make fun of this really well in Abenobashi. And this is the only way to structurally salvage the Mahoromatic manga into something that's watchable on television and isn't just a fan service fest. Okay, cool. You can use this in a lot of ways. You can get a lot out of it. Um, but you can say, you can still have a story that's speaking to the general, you know, what they call Bildung's, Bildung's Roman coming of age story that doesn't have to just have the same kind of like, and secretly you have this and that. I mean, they have that in there. These people do have powers, but they're not the only ones with powers. I mean, in a sense of very much a force awakens thing is like force awakens. You see other people have force powers and shit, regular ass people, people. And it's not all just people with midichlorians and noble blood and shit. Um, everybody's got NO. Everybody has, everybody has NO. We literally see everybody's NO being harvested in service of this weapon so that we can make this semi-military industrial complex uh, critique here, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has NO. Some people have more. Some people are like Hidomi and like crazy off the charts with it. But everybody has, you know, and especially because NO is a uh, direct sort of the, you know, uh, shorthand here for like the conflict that exists between left and right brain and coming of age and that pain. It's like everybody goes through that pain. It's very valid to sort of, it's very valuable to sort of undermine fully Kali's like, now it's a story was special to say like, no, that's everybody's story. Progressive gets, makes that, brings that point across. Everybody, and that's why everybody contributes to like the denouement. And now you see not just things from Nautus perspective at the end of the story, but you see that whole pan of all the characters and you see both, you know, Ide and Hidomi ostensibly in front of what maybe was the art piece in the gallery. We don't know. Maybe it's just there as a visual metaphor. Fun. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like, it's a, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think, it, I think there's a lot of people who are just sort of expected another big Gynax romp. And I'm like, even 
even Trigger subverts that. Like even Trigger's at least tries to like is has started to throw that out the window with with its big things. The fact that Trigger's big series are centered around at least not dudes, you know. <laughs> like, and you know, like you know, the fact that uh, you know you you've got uh, Kill a Kill, basically all, you know, it's basically all women, and in in some ways doing the Gynax coming of age story but even the fact that you you do that with not a guy is suddenly this huge shift in tone and and flavor and visual and visual choices um and also they're present in uh little witch academia like you don't have to just always make a story about a shinji type and i feel like a lot of people actually wanted just another they wanted a, they wanted girl nauta and i'm like fuck that <laughs> would have been boring mm-hmm. god that would have been so fucking boring and I there would people have there's people who would eat that shit up. There's people who've been like, oh, "That's great," and I'm sure you actually still could like tear it apart. Like you could, you could do Girl Nauta and still have a very um, uh, rich show. Uh, I know for, there was discussion. A, at least some people that thought that uh, Nauta was going to be in this season in the eyebrow guy role, but obviously that didn't. No, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Like that would have been like the like it's the worst like Marvel movie kind of shit. <laughs> like, like, like we've got the Marvel movies to do that. I'm good. Like it's you know it's like if you want to do that kind of stuff, do it like in a whole different continuity. Like there's a lot to like. It's hilarious that uh, uh, we Trigger still don't had... know if Nauta might actually be your father. Yeah. And that's great. Well, well, you know, you know, barely you know, unclear. But that's kind of great. I actually really enjoy that. I don't. I mean, it doesn't make sense that she he necessarily would be because Nauta. Why would he go to the medical mechanica factory right we go to the factory that was like he knows is like yeah, that news you know, <laughs> yeah. fuck maybe he was infiltrating it from the inside who the hell maybe knows? maybe, yeah, maybe he died on a spy mission well i mean know? he obviously left her father obviously left the the headphones to her because he understood the medical mechanica was up to bad shit so well well yeah but they're medical mechanica branded headphones so he's using Medical Mechanica's own technology to suppress her own NO impulse, which may turn her into a robot. Yeah. Like for, all, I mean, literally for all we know, Conti was her, was her father, and she's actually half robot and half woman until she literally rips out of her robot self into her own human self again. Which wow. I also think is like, I also think is like that that whole visual metaphor right there, like the whole thing where it's all like the literal coming of age being this physically violently transformed transformative thing i'm like that's pure fully coolly that's so so on point carl my head hurts <laughs> carl i think but that's the oh, show the show the show makes show one literally shows people's head hurting very often that's a an aside but oh it's it's fully cool i mean that's this this to me is like the sign that fully coolly progressive worked the fact that i can just keep fucking pulling you know, it's like it's like a fucking magician sleeve, and I can just keep pulling silk what? tissues out. Exactly, because it goes just on like and on. Show. Just like the original show. That that means it worked. That means it worked. I'm sorry. That means the show worked. And you know, hey, maybe you, well, maybe you. I mean, you beat up Franks like, a lot, but what what's a, a comparison you you could make to an, another series that maybe attempted this but failed miserably? The the, the the that you can actually keep pulling on. I think Frank's is one that tried to aim big and then kind of ate dirt on it. It fizzled uh, out. It fizzled out. Well, and just like it, like 
it would have almost been better if they had committed to being like really regressive in its tone. <laughs> like if they'd just been like, no, this is this is exactly what you think it is. Have babies, motherfucker. Like that would have been way more interesting than like, no, let's see, we kind of we've implied there's a lesbian couple at the end. It's okay. Hey, we're not we weren't trying to be semi eugenics uh, about all this shit. Uh, we're not anti technology and nativist. Like it was fucking like Frank's like should have committed one way or the other. I mean, like it they did not fully commit to what they wanted to do, man. You yeah. know, they tried to shoot straight uh, and they veered off, man, on the bench. Trying to think of other things that maybe don't quite land. If uh, I can uh, paraphrase uh, your opinion on uh, fully fully progressive's success, while also quoting Netflix's Big Mouth, yeah, you're picturing it, and we're talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no it's i think it's very fair like it's it's they 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 do a very good job of like making you want to think um and and actually having stuff with stuff stuff with which to like tear into um and stuff that it both critiques the original series while having new shit to say um i hope alternative is in the same position i so i think there's a lot to there's a, you know, like I said, the interesting thing is, is like, oh, the fully coolie approach is actually applicable to probably any genre and any, and that you can, that has sort of a coming of age tone to it. You could do ostensibly all the other tropes that would go into a magical girl show, but then have it be fully coolie. And you'd have something probably really interesting to say in that six episodes about literally an elementary school girl's coming of age. You can, you know, you can sort of, and, and figure and disassemble and deconstruct and invert all the tropes that go into a card captor Sakura, uh, or something more commercial like a pretty cure. It's like I mean, because if if what if what fully coolly started to do originally was invert what or not necessarily invert, but start to run the gynax tropes through a different lens and a more compressed lens. Well, this is like I said, doing this with these kind of uh, chunimbo type shows. Sort of, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, if 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 one way that you can look at fully coolly is fully coolly was a harem show on acid. Uh, this is a reverse harem show on acid, like it's and and with the same sort of inverted, insane, uh, over the top, deconstructive takes on what that genre is. And so I think you can. I don't. I, don't, I think there's very few genres that don't stand to benefit from that lens applied on it. Um, and that there were going to be certain themes that tie through there, and certain themes and certain new angles that come out of that that maybe don't appeal to you the way that particular angle did on that particular uh, deconstruction of that particular genre. Um, I think that's fair. I can, you can say it's like, this isn't really about a genre that I gave a, gave, cared about, but you need to understand the work to that level to talk about it on those terms and not just say the show didn't work, period. You know what I mean? You need to be willing to couch, couch it in personal terms. Um, and to which I will say, yes, it very personally worked for me, hmm. obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, otherwise, I think it's fair to say for some people, it didn't work for them. It's it's yeah. okay. Yeah, but I but I think for me, it's just the fully coolly thesis as a general statement probably works for me, and I can understand where other people need other signifiers to make that then fall into what they're going to enjoy. Um, and I guess that's kind of a critic's privilege. Like I can step like I like to step into these things that aren't comfortable or things that I thought I could get into or then find how that ties back to things that I did like. Um, it's what kept me in watching anime as a medium, frankly, was realizing like, Oh, I, I don't have any of these 
references otherwise, but I I can start from this character and then work backwards and then suddenly the whole thing clicks. Um, so it's like, yeah, I kind of like the broader thesis of Foley Kali as I understand it. So the fact that these other works seem to be landing in there works for me. I can understand that if the narrower thesis of the original Foley Kali, specifically around the Gynax coming of age type stuff was what you were looking for. Yeah, this didn't do that. Full stop. That's fine. <laughs> I think we blew their minds with psychology and sociology and physio- um, philosophy tonight, Carl. It's like fucking yeah. 80 degrees in my room. I'm boiling. You should have this. 80 degrees, man. This... <laughs> I ain't even Sketch doesn't like any uh, noise from room cooling devices yeah. in his professional podcasts. I'm kind of on Sketch's side with that one. Yeah. Look, I'm sorry if the... The pleasant white noise of a cooling device is just obnoxious when you're listening to a podcast. But a very helpful. But garage door openers. Get, let me get a load of this guy over here. He doesn't know how to use noise reduction software. <laughs> Even if you do reduce the noise, it can still be a problem. And the other thing is, when you do reduce the noise, sometimes it'll mess up the quality of the audio. Yes, it does. It's quite a trip. Yes, it's, uh, it's it's real annoying. I mean, if I wanted to make it super easy on myself and super inconvenient for everybody else, I would have you all record individually. Hey, is that a slight? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's actually very annoying to reconstruct all of that, but at least it would give me total freedom to adjust everybody's audio individually, which is if you a want... nice thing to be able to do. Say the word and we'll implement it. I'm making everything an Adobe Edition thing, so you better get ready for some large-ass files. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. Large-ass. Yeah, I don't know about that. Really? Shit. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, just, that's just to impress the ladies. You know how it is, Sketch. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, gotcha. yeah, I think... Uh, I think Have I think fun put, editing this one, buddy. Putting a pin in that. Uh, I don't think I need to edit much other than a little bit of sound reduction because there's still going to be something but it's not it's not it's not going to be too bad not like the previous one where we had several problems that needed to be i'm just gonna allow duelist to seem like a jerk by disappearing every now and then it's okay (laughs) well at least he ain't fall asleep man yeah oh wow that was quality (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. I love this story. <laughs> I entirely I, I blame it on need... me taking too long to like explain what happened in that episode. No, nah, dude, I literally closed my eyes, man. <laughs> Before I knew it, I woke back up your house and you asked me questions. Drell, Drell, we were directly asking you questions. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> So, uh, if if this makes anyone feel any better, I fell asleep during an episode of uh, Alex's podcast the other week. Highest podcast. <laughs> so, this Any is becoming old. the new trend, sleeping while on podcasts. Sleep cast. I mean, yeah. you've got to get straight hours somehow. I think Jose did it once. Oh, wow. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I don't know what was happening. I think I might have been tired. You were tired. It was, you know, yeah. early in the day recording, and 
you had been up real early doing your cooking for Fourth of July. It's it's okay. Oh it's hell fine. yeah, that's what it was, man. It's not a problem. <laughs> All okay. right, buddy. let's get let's, about let, it. Yeah, let's uh, let's definitely do that. All right, uh, you can uh, email us at podcast at tunamifaithful dot com. You can listen to the podcast on soundcloud.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. That's where every piece of audio that we upload is available. You can also go to podcast.tsunamifaithful.com for episodes of the podcast and also episodes of the Tsunami Showdown. We got, you know, all of the social media, facebook.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Our Twitter is at Tsunami Podcasts, but you should also follow at Tsunami News if you're not, because that's where, you know, the news is. And, uh, yeah, we're on Stitcher, iTunes, all the things. Tune in radio app. Yeah. Paul's better at this part than I am. Uh, and Twitch. And Twitch. Oh, yes, we do have the uh, Tsunami Faithful channel on Twitch. That's Twitch tv backslash tsunami faithful channel where we stream various things video games god bless my younger brother god bless yes great yeah. yes, it's great. it's good times it can it's be good times. especially when i tilt that's always people's favorite and you can pop into our discord search for tsunami yeah. faithful please don't <laughs> please mm. don't what, what, what you trying to say, uh, CJ? Nothing. Nothing at all. It's okay. And yeah, Discord is fun. You uh, want some of our exclusive content before anybody else, you can get the Toonami Faithful Pass on our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful. And the latest rewards are quite a doozy. I honestly recommend, if you just want to do it for one month, this would be the month to do it. Yes. All of our interviews from Anime Expo are currently up, and they are fantastic. You they are. Give them a listen. Except for the one with uh, me and... Uh, n- wait, never mind. <laughs> what? I the know. one that we're not going to mention. <laughs> How about the one where I was testing out my ability to hold a camera straight and failed miserably? Oh, that did happen at points, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Oh, okay. well, we weren't. We <laughs> myself and the guests were not cut out at any point. So no, they, a, they were always. In you the just frame. thought you just thought you were drunk. Yeah, it wasn't shaky cam. It was a drunk cam. It's a difference. In my in my defense, CJ's like here, just hold it like this. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> never done this before. Seems like I can do this. Oh gosh, I'm making mistakes. Oh gosh. <laughs> I I take for granted that I think that anyone can do the things I do for a living, but I guess not. <laughs> you a pro, CJ. You a pro. I am. Wait till you did you see did you see the finished products sketch? Uh no, I haven't seen them yet. Okay. I want you to really pay attention to the the camera work for the one that you did. Oh, okay. So you fixed it. No, I'm talking about the one where you were on camera and me oh, behind okay. the camera. Ah, yeah. You uh, you probably zoomed in when appropriate and, and stuff like that. I didn't dare do any of that stuff. It's like you know me. Well, it's it, you have to when the sizes of the two get, people are very, very y- Yes. <laughs> yes. Poor Tara I, looks I, I like... I am very tall and Tara eating. Sands is not... 
No. <laughs> you could eat two of her. Probably. Like, and you still were be just hungry. like, right? But like, she is so tiny. Yeah, yeah. She's 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 a little thing. So yeah, yeah, get the pass for this month, even if it's just this like month. Like biscuit, right? Yeah. Like biscuit. You. It's the before and after biscuit. Looking at you too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm so glad that you think I look so ripped. <laughs> You're ripped in your own way, baby. Yeah, you are. Ripped in is. my pants. You're cuddly, you're cuddly rip. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, for those who haven't met Sketch, all muscle, baby. Stop. <laughs> and for those who have... That's a lie. No, it's <laughs> not. He could bench press the freaking mattress at the hotel, I swear. Stop it. Uh, I could bench press the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get the Tsunami Faithful Pass for this yeah. for this month. If you want to yeah. continue, God if bless only you. Don't, this month. That's okay. Well, unless yeah. we bring out new content that I think is really worthwhile. Yeah. Which hopefully we do. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. Support my con habit, damn it. <laughs> CJ oh, wants people gosh. to just pay him to go to conventions. That's, that's how job. they do it these days. I would love to, if I could if I could get paid what I do at my real job to just go to conventions like two or three a month. God bless, I would. I would absolutely do it. And Sketch is seen. See, now I'm going to say this too. Sketch is seen what what CJ is like at cons. It's not an exaggeration. It's not. I just don't stop until really like eleven. It. I don't stop until it's 11 p.m. and that's my I first meal of the day. I had to force him to stop to eat. I, yes. rem- I remember youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh that brings me back. Back. Nope. Uh, I, I used to go. I man, since San Diego Comic Con 2006, I walked so much my head, like my feet were like destroyed. My like, legs were so ripped bad. the next so, like, day after Anime but, Expo. Let me tell you, he was like the Ooh. Bionic Man. But, yes. Uh, Meanwhile, me on the first day that I get there, and I've been lugging my stuff around everywhere. We like it's like let's sit down for a moment. So we sit down on the ground, and CJ thought he was going to have to call a stretcher for me. Because <laughs> like I got a Charlie horse when I tried to get back up, and like <laughs> I was so sore everywhere, and it was just oh. awful. I was like, oh yes. gosh, I just need a moment, CJ. It's okay. It's like, are you okay, man? I'm okay. I just need a moment. And CJ, I was okay. I'm still here. He does. I I really don't eat at these things. I just go to panels the entire yeah, time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> panels are his sustenance. Yes. Yeah, now me, all... I couldn't make that claim because I had to miss so many of the panels that I wanted to go to. But by the way, Anime Expo, why you gotta put so much good stuff on Thursday? Come on. <laughs> People got my work. Thing, my thing is, is just like, I, I just kind of forget to eat, and then it's like, oh, but there's a panel. Ooh, let's do that. Ooh, another panel. We Ooh, know what Darrell do at cons, though. Drink. Pretty much. Ooh, he's getting. Okay. Ooh, he's getting. That's pretty much. Oh, that's pretty much me. Like, you think yeah. I'm kidding? If you think I'm kidding, when it comes to what I do at cons, mm-mm. Sketch now knows. Like he, he probably will never want to work a con with me ever again. He, he only chilled out on Sunday because there was, after the Attack on Titan thing, literally nothing to do. 
<laughs> so we just chilled. And then you went I home. Paid. Well, I was kind of seeing what I did. I, I, yes. I went to panels. I drunk. Um, yeah. You, you drunk at panels. <laughs> I actually he wishes. Did. Oh, um, what? I, 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 I wasn't joking. I, I figured, like, you with you, like, that was 100% for real. I'm, oh, look here, man. I do two things. I kind of go to panels. I do my part. I drink, and I'm also the freaking muscle, man. I'm literally the bodyguard. That's true. There you go. That's true. See, just like, sketch, you need to punch somebody. I was like, I'm not Darrell. <laughs> but it makes you feel better on the inside. Well, somebody almost got that momo con at you. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Yeah, they that almost got it. Suggestive. It wasn't. <laughs> okay, well now it is. Hey. <laughs> well, I never said anything about it, but yeah, some almost did go down in that effect too. Though. Well, you just pushed <laughs> all the wrong buttons for. Uh, you know, I just had veteran. respect. I had respect for you, Bay. I wasn't gonna do that to you. Oh. I appreciate that. It's <laughs> not gonna kick you out of the room for that. So Marco's not going to tell you Toonami secrets by doing that. No, you got to go take him to a bar. Yes. <laughs> or just walk up to a walk up to one of them at the end of a panel and be like, "Hey, what's up?" He's like, "Well, I got a blah 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 blah." Oh, don't talk about that. Okay. Yeah, no, that was the thing. Like Gil kind of gave us a bit. I'm kind of like, like, oh. Hi, nice to talk with you too. And honestly, I think we're already seeing perhaps some of the things that he may have been just hinting at. So, did he tell you guys about Titan earlier? No, no, he didn't. He He kind of alluded any any kind of yeah. It 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 was was more along the lines of, "Hey, I'm gonna talk to some people." We're (laughs) like, things might happen, and then considering what has happened. We were like, oh, that must have been what it was. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I, I think it might have been some other things that are potentially still clearly, I clearly, 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 we need Sword Art Season 3. Well, kidding. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't, but it's going to happen. I keep seeing those people like, <laughs> Anaplex will never put anything on Toonami again. They've abandoned Toonami. It's like, oh, you, you, you're stupid. <laughs> They've <laughs> abandoned money. You're stupid. <laughs> the moment Toonami's like, we want this, then we're like, yes, you can have that. <laughs> anyway. The real, Maybe the real Toonami thing just doesn't it... want the Asterisk War. Okay? When... I'm sorry. Hey, I want, hey, look here, dude. I want Asterisk Wars, dude, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. Same thing with Sentai. It's like, look. I just one hand on the block let's just let's just go. yeah let's go and do handshakers like me and cj said this is something that we Why wrote would if we were completely drunk uh, yep. i think it would be worse to watch that intoxicated because i watch I, I you know i'm i'm mr sober that over here and i watched and i watched and i watched handshakers sober of course because i'm mr sober over here and uh i felt sick <laughs> i felt physically ill <laughs> physically ill because the visuals are just taxing oh. on the eyes everything Me about the show and cj powered through that friggin' show i don't know how we did it really you or actually yeah, finished it i think you might be yeah. superheroes that's dude i sat through friggin' air master man i that knew you were gonna say it <laughs> exactly you know, anyways we, we, we wrapping up right yeah we, oh yeah yeah we're wrapping you. up just one we're more thing up. little blue girl 
Okay, now we're good. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Quick plug. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta plug me. I'm the best. Go to ultraclassroom.com, subscribe to my thing, and get music, or just listen to everything that's up there. I don't care. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you want to you wanna tell them your Twitter? At uh, Carl R. Olson. You can hear me go off about whatever anime I end up writing this season and other odds and sods and keep up with whatever like crappy beats I'm making for jokes uh, in my spare time. I don't know. I actually, my, the thing I really want to do now that I have a house, because uh, I know it'd be a lot of fun, is my wife is very t- musically talented, the uh, nerdcore rapper Nurse Hella. Uh, listen to her stuff on Spotify and everywhere else. Um, I think we're going to do, I think we're going to do some rock music. So watch Ooh. out for that, because I think it'll be fun. And Get yourself a little mini studio in your house. We have a basement, so good enough. Keep oh, snap, out. he got the dungeon. Keep finding out people are married that I didn't know were married. Oh, yeah, I kind of kept that on the low. Yeah, I married Nurse Hella, internet. So, Wait, fucking deal. Dude, and she's that's awesome. the way you keep it, man. Keep your that's kind of, that's really, this is why I need to wrap up, is we have pork loin to barbecue that she has been and marinating. That in, is uh, all euphemism. No, get... it's, no, no, it's actual meat. We're done, dude. Look here. We're done. <laughs> we're, we're done. Okay, so. uh, Duelist, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HeartOfSword75 or Duelist, uh, something like Still at Freaking Rehab. Uh, you can hear me bi weekly or so on uh, Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, where we try to give you the uh, uh, breakdown of the bi weekly anime news into your mind skulls. Uh, I got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Duelist G. It's got some rare Toonami promos and music and stuff. I need to update it. Maybe if I ever get out of here, I'll have a chance to do that more. And uh, shameless plug, if you want to send me money for any reason, you can go to paypal.com slash Duelist. Okay. Bank. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Soliciting, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, we do it on this podcast. <clears throat> I just told people to subscribe to my record. Like, really, what's the difference? Yeah, like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all. It's like, you made the dinosaurs and exploited them in a theme park. How am I any worse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, I just saw on. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and the villain in that movie is cartoonishly evil. Sounds good. Don't spoil it. I'll kill you. I thought you already saw it. It didn't, you dick. I've been in rehab. Well, it's been out since before then. Yep. I don't think... Statue of Limitations only. I went into rehab on June 1st. Yeah, he might got you there. Yeah, maybe. But you have gone to see some movies. Let's wrap this up, gentlemen. I saw Solo. I got the out Attack on Titan recap the movie. Attack on Titan thing because it was like a special thing. Got somebody that want to talk to me. And I you should about... probably see Jurassic Park before it leaves theaters. Well, yeah. I also saw that. That's not something to watch on your like laptop. I also, <laughs> no. I also, I also saw that Shaft fireworks movie, which was pretty good. Huh. Oh yeah. Not. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That anime. Fireworks. Yeah, yeah, he was thinking about, you know, Shaft. Shaft. Can you dig it?
I was okay, thinking like, hey, wait, no, Superfly. That's what's coming. I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm uh, possibly going to see. Um, Sorry to bother you after we're done here. So. Oh, I ain't gonna even talk about that code switch and stuff. So man, much for watching just... anime sketch. God damn it. Well, okay. I mean, you had your chance. You man. saw a movie last night. I did, Mister Sketch. You don't go see enough movies with your movie pass. Yeah, I know. And now right. I start doing it, and suddenly you have a problem with it. It's like you're somebody who doesn't know what they want out of fully coolly progressive. See, I brought it back around. Oh, very when I sit down. I'm literally I just, we we are literally three hours and eighteen minutes into this. I'm gonna hang up because I I love Bye, you Carl. all. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Carl. Again, man. Thanks again. See you on the internet. See ya. Uh, CJ, tell them where they can find you. You don't. You <laughs> just. You just don't. Uh, you'll you'll well, see you'll up. see. Talk about your Twitch stream. Oh yeah, I do stream on Twitch on the Tsunami Faithful uh, channel. You can go there. You can't subscribe yet. That might be coming in the works. Uh, you'll see me on Twitter when people retweet me about like people who still ask about One Piece forehead and people who still bitch about ratings when you don't work at Adult Swim. I'm gonna make a flowchart for you people. Do you work at Adult Swim? No. Then fucking stop talk about ratings. Getting Thank sick you. and tired of it. I I, I heard okay. that like bitch Hedberg. Do you work for Adult Swim? No. Then stop. Then just, just stop. Just <laughs> stop. Stop talking about ratings. Oh, God. It gives me an aneurysm. Anyway, you, do, you don't need to find me. Don't ring it it'll, up. It'll, it's you'll, for see, a duck. you'll see You'll see me somewhere. Let, let's put it that way. I don't, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I just know if anybody decides they want to be an internet thug and mess with um, CJ again, um... You don't have to talk to me, okay? You don't even have to talk to him. I'll put you in the damn place. I've worked in TV for five years. I know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Can I watch you box Jose? Why would I box Jose? Because it's megalo awesome. No, we're not doing that. Go to the corner. Go to the same corner. Right corners! You mentioned corners! Boxing. There's corners in your room, right? Yeah, but there's dirty laundry over there. Uh, lovely. I don't even want to say that. Darrell, where can they find you? As always, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. And you can also follow me at nasia underscore roho adenasi at twitter.com. And that's pretty much it, unless you want to hit up a bar with me or something. And you should, I mean, because I, it'll be a I, darn I good do. time. But you live like place. Uh, trust me, drinking with me is a freaking task. You live a lot closer to Darrell than you live to me. Well, that's my problem, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Drinking with me is not something that you want to do. It is not for lightweights. <laughs> nope. Let's just ask Jim about that. <laughs> and Sketch, our almighty leader, after you were beat up at Anime Expo, where could they find you besides in a coma? Or potentially driving a bus around town. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. You can ask me questions at CuriousCat.me backslash Sketch1984. I pop up on the Discord very periodically, usually when or I'm not at work, at very briefly. It's just... A, it's the time zone thing, man. I'm three hours away from you guys, and everybody is asleep by the time I get off work. It's bullshit. It's true though. It's, no, but 
And if I log on before work, people are, like, not on because they're, you know, they got work. (laughs) It's it's a fine thing of a thing. That sounds like a West Coast problem. It sure is, man. West Coast, it's... West Side! We got problems, like, being too passive-aggressive. Is Flint over there? Because they need to solve that. Uh... No, that's Michigan. I don't know where any of them And Duelist Fails uh, Geography of the United States of Smash. It's been a while. I guess so. I mean, I'm not great at remembering where things are in the U.S., but come on, man. You don't even Whoever know. Whoever talks about Flint without saying Michigan. No, I mean, I know, I know Michigan, but isn't that like near california or something what no (laughs) Uh uh-uh man let's end this call right now no let's end this now wow all right so this has been a very long podcast and i hope you enjoyed our discussion of fully cooly when fully cooly alternative starts we will also be doing recaps of that we might be a little light on podcasts until then depending on if there is stuff to talk about we of course already mentioned the news that on august 18th jojo's bizarre adventure diamond is unbreakable shall begin and attack on titan season three will also begin and we'll you know give you the information on that on at tsunami news and the website tsunamifaithful.com as more things are developed about that we don't know the schedule we don't know how it's all gonna shake out but i mean that they'll figure it out just look forward to the shows and there you go look forward to that and keep watching Toonami and thank you for listening uh, each and every week we put out one of these things which is not a, every week but no yeah. no it isn't <laughs> shut up duelist where's that release fair, those episodes where's that <laughs> send off to One Piece episode I'm still talking about One Piece yeah shut you're up. still talking about One Piece let the healing begin I can't let the healing begin until I let the healing start. That's a good point. <laughs> That's what my nurses keep telling me. Oh, wow. I mean, to that I say, Broke is being mad that One Piece got pulled off Toonami in 2017. Woke is being mad that One Piece got pulled off Toonami in 2008. Thank you. And good That just sounds like a you problem more than anything. I mean, it is. Yeah. I'd let that ship die. That's not the hill I'd want to die on if I'm a uh, tsunami stand. A whale of a tail. He's just making jokes. I, I know. All right. He's just it giving me a hard time you. for not getting out old episodes. And I'm sorry! It's fun talking with you guys, but there are apparently more people who want to talk to me for no freaking reason. Yeah, go go marinate your smoked meat log. Yeah. I, Good idea. Hey, wait a minute. I like that. Is that a dick joke? I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I am very proud. He pulled one out. Well, did he rub it out? <laughs> and with that, we're punching out. Deuces! Deuces. Juices. Deuces all over. Shitting all over. Baseball. Oh, <laughs>